I think it's time to grow this dream. Get everybody on the mics together. Okay, three, two, one podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Sudden But Inevitable Rebop, the podcast where we take two anime-resistant first-timers through Cowboy Bebop one week and two episodes at a time. My name is Captain Bootscoot, a.k.a. Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. your host, Jesse. I'd like to take a moment to say hello, welcome, good morning, and thank you to everyone in the chat, and good evening to those of you here in the U.S. that are watching. That includes Rona, Callie, and Ryan. Thank you so much for being here with us, you guys. I can't tell you how much we appreciate having live viewers for this podcast, and I can't tell you how much I have, like, just an outpouring of love for those of you who listen, even when it's not live, on the podcast version. So thank you. Now, of course, it's not just me here to do this, right? I mentioned the two anime-resistant first-timers, but I have to have a veteran co-host with me. And of course, that is at Miss My Arm Cast, Kylie. Kylie, how are you doing this week? I am doing well. So glad to see Rona in the chat today. I see that although she missed it last week, she um, is the reason Callie's here as well. So excited to see all that today. Yes, me too. Uh, Callie slept through her first alarm, so her mother called and woke her up so that they could make sure to be here together for the sudden but inevitable rebob. How cool is that? Gotta love moms, man. Of course. Now, (laughs) we do have more people to introduce. The first of our anime-resistant first-timers, a pitiful soul who could not find his way to the lofty realm where great spirit awaits us all. I'm just kidding. I couldn't help myself. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the head of the Twist My Arm podcast, Josh. Josh, how are you doing this week, my friend? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I, <laughs> I That thematic intro just kind of fell into place. I, I don't want anyone to think that I feel like Josh is pitiful. It no, was just no. too perfect. I had to use it. <laughs> no, it's fine. Sometimes, sometimes I'm pitiful, but <laughs> only like 2% of the time. The other 98% of the time... A piss excellence. You know what? I think if everyone gets away with 2% pitiful, I think that's a good goal to hit. So, Hey, I'd like to think so, for sure. Yeah. I, and I would agree with that. I would say if, if I were going to give you any percent out of you know 100, if I was going to give you a rating of pitifulness, I think it would be lower than 2. So maybe oh, that was I, 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 I really appreciate that. That's, <laughs> thank, thank you. That's that's wonderful. I, uh, you know, it's... it's I'm just excited for Friday, you know? Friday is my first favorite day of the week. Wednesday is probably my second. I don't know, man. It's a toss-up. This week, I think the season finale of Loki was Mm -hmm. probably my favorite thing to talk about this week. No offense to Cowboy Bebop, but man, Marvel Can of Madness was a lot of fun this week. I don't so. know. We haven't even gotten there yet. No. We uh-uh. still have the I, opportunity to make it your favorite. I'm s- you yes, you guys do. Um so let's 
let's let's wow. start it up. Let's talk about some pressure. Um, <laughs> even though Kylie just wants to brush right past that, I am going to suggest you go check out the last episode and the next episode of Marvel Cannon Madness. You guys, it was a lot of fun. You'll hear them trying to keep me from taking over the show in their chat, and it was just. <laughs> if you have been watching Loki, it's been it's just been a blast. It's very similar format to this show, but of course for Loki. Now, uh, we're not going to give any spoilers because I know that Disney Plus is not available in every country, and of course the sudden but inevitable rebop is an internationally recognized, award-winning podcast. Now, a big reason for that, you guys, is our final friend, he who is both at the same time and neither, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. How you doing, my friend? I've been doing pretty good. It's been a long week. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I drive a van for my work for my job at work, and uh, we had to do some cleaning out this week. Basically, just kind of restarting everything. And I poured a ton of bleach into this van I drive around, and it's basically been like I'm driving a public swimming pool all over the state <laughs> all week. It's just been muggy and bleachy and weird. Oh. So uh, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I was like, how is it like a swimming pool? And then you said those three things that I went, oh, that's how it's like a swimming pool. Yeah. Especially a public one. (laughs) Wow. That's brutal. Uh, Salutes in the chat for Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. That's that's rough. Um, But thank you, man. Thank you for making the effort to be here anyway so that we can all hang out and talk about Cowboy Bebop. We're going to do our best to make sure Josh has a good time. I'm just playing. He's going to have a great time. Oh, I want to say... I do want to say hello to Phil in the chat. Hi, Phil. Uh, the Hi, finale Phil. was stellar. You're correct. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So if you guys have any corrections, I think this is where we should offer them up. Normally what we do is we offer any corrections from mistakes that we know that we made in the week prior. Not because we're like, you know, I don't know what the word is for it. We're just, we're trying to be honest and we're trying to grow as people and we're trying to apologize when necessary. So transparency. Uh, you guys have any, yes, transparency, transparency as Ricky D would say. Uh, that's also, if you're listening to the podcast version, that's also why there's very minimal editing. The one time that I edited a significant portion, Ricky D never stopped talking about it. So uh, Josh, <laughs> do you have any corrections this week? Um, I, I don't have any corrections. Um, I do have some cool news for everyone in the podcast network though. Oh, I like cool news. Go ahead with your cool news. We could, we could talk about that for a second. Well, first of all, we have these amazing sudden but inevitable rewatch stickers. That looks just like a podcast cover art. Oh, it does. It does. And I mean, we have, we have some some best flicks and TMA stickers as well. Um, those are really cool. Um, but the next thing that we have is even cooler. Um, I've been working on this all week long. I just put it on our website. If you go to twistmyarmpodcast.com and the more tab and go to the store tab, you can see all of the cool things that we have to offer for the shows. So we got some you, sudden but inevitable here. You can buy a shirt with our faces on it. Yeah, it's but, it's but crazy not like stuff. Our faces, faces. It's our silhouette. Don't worry, we're not. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, we're vain, but, but we're not our that likeness. Vain. Yeah, likeness. Yeah, but uh, so just a a pretty cool thing that um, I'm, I'm excited to to do. I, we never really had the opportunity in this show to do merch or in this network to do merch or anything, and like. 
I feel like it's time. Um, it I time. know I'm ordering a Best Flicks hat and Same. a TMA polo. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna have a different shirt for every day of the week, just so. I can be a shameless promoter of everything twist my arms. So. I don't even wear hats, but I think I'm going to have to buy a Best Flicks hat just to wear one for... for I'm going to get that logo in tattooed. Solidarity. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> I love it. And then you got to get the... the the, the sudden but inevitable one right on your cheek. <laughs> People in the yes. chat, can we raise money somehow to force Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D to get the B tattoo? I mean, there has to be a way we could do that, like give the money to charity or something. I don't know how you feel about yeah, tattoos, say, Ricky yeah. D. I just... I do feel like I'm my own charity. <laughs> you know, and and then we could even do it in in a way where... If you, you know, just decide to drop Best Flicks and you're like, screw this, I hate it, you put the B on your ass cheek. I was going to say, we could do it. And it could stand for butt. There you you go. know, like B for butt or yep. B for Best Flicks, which, whichever. <laughs> Easy B to for explain. Yeah. Philip says you need a new tattoo. Kelly <laughs> says, absolutely, go fund me or something. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Archuleta says, says I would love to. to, but it needs to be like a teardrop. That's so, what I was thinking. Yep. <laughs> Best Flicks teardrop. That sounds just like me. I. So gangster. Friends, oh, listeners, yeah. viewers, everybody here, uh, please keep your eye on that store tab because there are new designs coming very yes. soon, like this weekend. Mm -hmm. This is a huge yes. process, and thank you big time to Josh for taking care of that because Josh was like, let's do a store, and the rest of us went, okay, does that mean you make a store? <laughs> so, yes. And eight uh, hours later, I was designs. like, boom, check it out, guys. <laughs> We're working so. on it. We're, I think, right now the biggest one that we're that I'm most excited about is the Bound by Law design that's coming. Um, mm -hmm. It gives you that little SBI Bound by Law right there on the shoulder, and it's yeah, just keep your eyes Fun. open on that tab, folks. Yes. Um, and Josh, it's there's no shame because it's our thing. It would be sh it would mm -hmm. be a shameless plug if we were like, by the way, the best pizza available in the Denver area is, <laughs> and I'm not even gonna say an answer because I don't have one, so. <laughs> Um, but if you own a pizzeria in the Denver, Colorado area and you want to sponsor a podcast that goes out to literally tens of people a week, <laughs> I'm just saying we're approaching 2,000 downloads. It's consistent years. I know years. who mm -hmm. definitely would not. Cool. Well, let's not contact them or give them free advertising. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a, I'm sure there's a, a couple places. Well, I'm totally getting here. We'll look around. We're we're 100% corporate now, in case you can't tell. So, um, uh, Director of Programming, Josh, do you have any additional corporate news? Um, <laughs> I do not have any corporate news, but how did you want to do these amazing reviews? Because oh, we let's could do, that. do those instead let's of do corrections. That immediately following the corrections. The only correction oh. I have is a clarification and a question. It's not anything that's like... Okay. At anybody or anything like that. Uh, okay. Does anybody else have any that they need to get out? No, sir. Okay. Uh, so I was listening back um, as I do because I uh, I edit the show and am a <clears throat> huge narcissist. So I listen to it when it releases, <laughs> and I could not help but notice, Josh, you say "ian" like "ian" like you put an extra syllable there, and I'm I'm just gonna ask you. There's Why are you reason. doing that? There's absolutely a reason. Is it? 
It's uh, Ben's best friend's name is Ian. Oh, yeah, that makes it's sense. Like Ian. That makes sense. It's, it's spelled Ian, but Ian yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. It, yeah. So, hey, so I, I did Screw notice you. that. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, Ian, if you're listening, what 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 is your, your name? Problem? Is Ian? Yeah, Ian, if you <laughs> okay are to be listening, named thank you. I'm um, pretty sure we went you. to high school with Ian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay no, to be named Loveland. Ian. It's totally some. Yeah, anywho, um, but th- I noticed that, and I that I makes picked sense. Up on that, and okay. it's definitely from that. Is that not <laughs> how you say? Is so it Ian? It's, it's Ein, like so Einstein. It's, yeah, it's short for Einstein. Like half of Einstein. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah. And this whole time I thought you guys were saying it wrong. <laughs> okay, this is deeply cathartic for me. You're the one who hasn't seen it. <laughs> this feels good. Right, does anybody else feel better? <laughs> yeah, does anybody else feel better now? I feel better. Okay. I'm so sorry. Yeah, so it's not, no, no, no. I, and that's what I said. It's not a It's not a correction. It's, mo- it's a clarification and a question. I just, I was like, I think something yes. is happening here. No, yes. it's. That is somebody's name. That, God, that makes so I, much sense. Mm-hmm. Totally fair. Cool. All right. Um, so, as Josh had alluded to a moment earlier, um, we, so we like to read the reviews that we get from our wonderful listeners on social media and podcasting apps of every ilk. Um, I have been lax in my duty of pointing out just exactly how many of those there are to our friend Josh. There are a lot of those. Okay, there's Apple, there's Podchaser, there's Good Pods, there's I think Podbean allows it. There's a lot of different places that allow it. So um, we missed, we just missed some of the reviews that you wonderfully, wonderful, benevolent, kind, beautiful human beings have left for us on Podchaser in the last I don't know month, month and a half or so. So. Josh, if you wouldn't mind catching us up on a couple of those, I would really appreciate Which, that because we just there's you know, nothing better than than this. This is like the most heartwarming thing that there is as a podcaster. I feel really bad about this too because it's hosted by Transistor, our actual site for where we our hu- all of our podcasts are hubbed. <laughs> so it's it's very strange that I've never seen any of these. I mean, I have Hashtag, my fingers whoops. in everything, so I don't I don't know. I just it just Podchaser was so under the radar, but you guys are awesome. And we have uh, 12 reviews dating back to April that we wow. have not seen. I have not maybe, seen them. Maybe um, don't do all 12, but definitely oh, like no, the last two. Oh, no, no. I was, we'll was going <laughs> to pick just, just a couple. Um, wow. One from, from the... From the olden days, if you will, season one. We got a couple from there um, mm. from Joe. This has been a great podcast to listen to. Have enjoyed hearing from other newbies watching Firefly. Keep up the great work. Smiley emoji, love emoji. Well, no, that's the Trek emoji. Is it, oh, is it the Trek emoji? Yeah. Okay, okay. That makes more sense. Live long and prosper. Okay, yeah, LLAP. Yeah, yep. good okay, thing sir. I'm here, man. I'm just like How did with I miss it. That? How did <laughs> I miss that? No kidding. Um. And then this one, Kim, um, just started this podcast. Not a Firefly Firefly fan yet. They are starting to convince me to give it another try. I am green to the show like Josh and Kylie, so I'm appreciating their insights. Also really enjoying the call-outs to Star Wars and Star Trek. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I got I got my I got my baby Yoda shirt on today. Yeah. <laughs> um and then I got a couple more so there's and we can read the rest of them you know as time goes on but so this one from sean from just a couple weeks ago what a fun entertaining show if you love firefly this is a must listen the joy of this show is seeing two people watch the show for the first time and fall in love with it as we all did and then i do have the one more 
This one's from Mark. Uh, this is a show that brilliantly helps capture what many of us wish we could do. Watch properties again for the first time. Paired with the perspectives of fans who appreciate these properties, we end up with fresh takes and experienced knowledge all in one. The show deserves your love as they initially covered Firefly and interviewed Jane Cobb himself. Did we? Oh, that's right. This here's Adam Baldwin for the sudden and inevitable rewatch. Signing off. Guess where I'm going to be. Yeah, that's right. I'll be in my bunk. And Mark also says... They are taking the show to new heights with Cowboy Bebop. Thank you so much, Mark, for letting me bring up that amazing Adam Baldwin drop one more time. That's so cool. Now, I should point out, Josh, before we stop talking 100% about these reviews, if you follow me on Twitter, at Sudden Butt, you know that we're doing the at Sudden Butt 1K Blu-ray giveaway. And all you have to do to enter is retweet and like the tweet that announced it and then you go ahead and leave us one of those cool reviews and ratings send me a picture of it and you're in and you're going to be able to win the entire complete series of cowboy bebop on blu-ray and you're going to win the serenity sdcc 2016 challenge coin and you're going to win the loot crate firefly independence patch that's the green triangle with the blue star on it all you got to do is go retweet and leave us a review how cool is that you guys i just I just want to say thank you again to everybody who already follows us on Twitter Woo! at Sudden Butt. Some of those reviews, I believe, were submitted in that contest thread. So some of those people are already entered to win all that stuff that I just mentioned. So if you want a shot at it, you need to go to Twitter. Follow me at Sudden Butt. It's pinned to the profile. You know what to do. Also, I personally think you're really good looking. Just throwing that out there. Now, me too. if there's nothing else... That you guys want to... Yeah, Josh is good looking too, I guess. No, no. I said me too, as in I also think you're good looking. Oh. And you guys are talking to me. I get it. It's fine. My, okay. <laughs> Ricky, would you like to also be vain? Uh, no, I don't have that in me. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky hates we'll get you beautiful there. people, remember? Oh, that's right. My I don't even friends, know why he talks to us. Let's go ahead friends? and say hello to one of our most ardent original supporters and that is rosie in the chat rosie has arrived we haven't even started talking about the episodes yet rosie so you made it just in time kylie is just (laughs) about to give the synopsis for part one of jupiter jazz and we're only 20 minutes in that's pretty good pacing for us i mean we could we could have been we could we could bs for like another 40 minutes you guys in fact no i'm kidding and we've covered so much already (laughs) kylie please please save us all from ourselves give us the synopsis and your fun facts for part one of jupiter jazz okay so Faye robs and abandons the bebop crew spike goes in search of a woman he once knew and vicious makes another deadly appearance which makes this also exciting um for this one i actually didn't have a super whole lot of fun facts um other than I, I kind of noticed that this, like, um, the environment was pretty Russian expired, er, expired, inspired. <laughs> my, my mistake. Um, it felt very so. uh, Cold War. Lots of bunker-shaped buildings. Totally. Uh, it was there was snow. I mean, <laughs> I felt yeah. like this episode was a Final Fantasy storyline that Cowboy Bebop kind of wove its way into. Yeah. I could totally see that. Okay. I could totally see that. Right off the bat, I do have a question right away. Um, This is the first time I've had to refer to my notes this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Um, We (laughs) 
we get this this opening little uh, peak at this line, right? The pitiful soul who could not find his way to the lofty realm where the great spirit awaits us all. It's a mm-hmm. tear of a warrior. It's a falling star, right? Um, so I'm going to ask this now, and you guys can answer it at the end, if you like, or you can answer it now, whatever you want. Who do we think that refers to in this episode? <coughs> would you like to answer now, or would you like to wait until the end? I'd say the end. Okay, that's what I was thinking. So, Vicious, this scene with Vicious right away, were you guys, I mean, you guys weren't surprised, Josh and Ricky, to see Vicious again, right? I mean. I was happy. I was excited, for sure. <laughs> I was like, ooh, Vicious. And also, um, I don't know if you noticed, but the, the three old men, mm-hmm. they were very reminiscent to the... Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild monks. Oh, I can Do see you, that. Uh, Maybe have a photo of those guys because I am personally, I it haven't right now. played the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So it it's, was recommended. It's, oh wow, you're right. That is pretty similar. Or like this guy right here with the hat, and then they were all they were always in these little boxes, and so. I like whenever they first showed up, those three dudes in the in the beginning. I was like, oh my god. He's going to get some Triforce right now from the monks. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> it's the, Yeah, it's a huge mishmash of... I think the entire show could just be described as this huge um, mishmash of tropes that are set up in a way that is not necessarily not contrived, but you don't mind any of the contrivances of it. Or, I don't, as I'm watching through it. But there are there are tons of references and tropes. I mean, it's like... Yeah, anything for like Ricky was saying, anything from Final Fantasy, anything from Legend of Zelda. Like, there's so many different things that are similar to this. Um, definitely got some Final Fantasy VII Midgar vibes from the town I, with like yeah. buildings mm-hmm. extending beyond where we can see them on the vertical horizon, um, well, with you know regular buildings in front. Vicious, you know, V Sephiroth, pretty similar. So. Right. Yeah, that yeah. was actually in my notes. I said, ooh, Sephiroth is back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Josh, I would say this is closer to Kadaj being back because it's more like a remnant of Sephiroth. His hair is a little bit different and he's like, he looks a little bit, I don't know, less threatening to me this time. Like he's kind of gaunt or something. I don't know. Maybe that's just WTF ever. Um, I'm just saying, if you if you like Final Fantasy and if anybody out there listening likes Final Fantasy, they know I'm right. So that's... Well, you and know me, Josh. Funny, that's but all that matters. For someone, <laughs> for someone that's only played three Final Fantasy games out of what a thousand. Hey, okay, if, oh yeah. <laughs> we've mentioned Final Fantasy first. like ten times in the past two minutes. I gotta ask, what's everybody's favorite Final Fantasy game? Ricky, you go first. Four slash six. God, mine's obviously ten two guys. <laughs> oh, <she's laughs> oh, well, okay. So no, ten ten's probably my favorite. But you know what? I didn't hate Ten Two because I was like, I was probably you know preteen, all woman empowerment. Yeah, I, you know. Yeah, so I could see that. That's a fun one. So anyhow, I could see that. I I mean, you guys are gonna hate me, but mine was fifteen. Well, that was his first one. My first ever it Final Fantasy experience. That's not and even it got an option. Sucked in. You're not even an option. I, I was like, this isn't real. This isn't Final Fantasy, but okay. The choices are four slash six, seven, nine, and ten. 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 I, 
Okay, well, I choose <laughs> 15, no. and then I'd go to 7, and then I'd go to 8. I was going to say, I actually and I've never eight. even yeah, finished eight is, Sorry, I apologize for skipping 8, I just haven't played it. 8 was the one that felt, it was like the last... For me, eight felt like they had refined the idea of sci-fi fantasy a little bit from seven, and they they were like, okay, this is what it should have looked like because it was the same graphic capabilities, but it looked just miles better. If if you guys remember, but my personal favorite, I think, was probably nine because that was the first one that I played all the way through. Um, eight eight was definitely up there. Seven, I have beaten all the way through. I got sick one weekend, like I couldn't leave a couch. It was probably closer to five days, but I couldn't leave my cousin's couch and I played all the way through seven. Um, <laughs> but that's the point, Josh. It's just a point of relatability. I'm not trying to make you feel like you're you know, lesser for not having played a bunch of Final <laughs> Fantasies. Have you guys even played Final Fantasy 15? Uh, no. No. Yeah, see? I, and I didn't it's, talk it's down about it. It's not the same. It's that was those same. two. I, I didn't talk down about it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I didn't think it, it was, was a great. bad game. It man. just wasn't very Final Fantasy. The it sucked me in so much. The cinematography in that game, just like no, looking it, around it and stuff, was so Absolutely. epic. Not and like, that. I don't know. Actually, and for it being my first ever Final Fantasy, I mean, it, so it left a mark. Was the first Final Fantasy that I ever bought the system for and the game for with my yeah. own money from my own job, and that game was really fun because it was the same uh, world as the Final Fantasy Tactics Game Boy Advance game. Ooh. So, ah, okay. I'll okay. go ahead and stop talking about it there if you guys would like to <laughs> yep. move on. Yep, I'm done. Yeah, moving on. So, I love... <laughs> we have the uh, the dragon on the hull of this ship, right? It's the, the Red Dragon Crime Syndicate. And mm-hmm. th- when they're in there, those guys that look like they're from Zelda, uh, they, call, they basically call Vicious a snake to his face. And he he takes exception to that, which I suppose is fair, right? Um, but then this guy is, like, assigned to him so that the syndicate can keep SBI got lost again. Callie, real them. Yeah. We're talking about the show. What are you talking about? We're talking about the show right now. No, we, we're talking about Final Fantasy for 10 years. Well, I looked at the clock. It has been no more than five minutes. Um they, he gets called a snake to his face, and then the syndicate assigns like this lackey to kind of keep tabs on him. And this kid has some weird, twisted concept of honor, and he's like, "No, I'm going to protect you." And we already know, as the audience, right? Vicious doesn't need protecting, but it's it's this weird thing. And you kind of see this kid getting shot coming just ten miles away. Like as soon as he's like, "No, I'm going to protect you," I was like, "Oh, he's gone." Like that that kid is is fodder. He's he, there's no way he lives through this, um, but. I, I thought it was a weird quote. Just remember, Vicious, a snake cannot eat a dragon. I'm like, is there, has there ever been an instance where somebody was like, oh, this is your typical Snape trying to eat a dragon situation? <laughs> like, Oh, it's the age-old tale of Snake yeah, vs. Dragon. Everybody's heard that one. Like, come on, man, you don't remember that fable? Like, I, Maybe there's a fable that I'm not aware of, but I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, Rona, I, I could look it up. <laughs> Rona makes a really good point. There were worse slash longer digressions on last week's episode because last week we only had one episode to cover and it still took us two hours, uh, which I I thought was fun. Uh, Ricky D, I did have a question um, specifically for you. There's a, a scene in here where Ed takes off her goggles and she leans back onto Ayn. Mm-hmm. 
Did that make you upset? Were you no. mad at Ed? Okay. Uh, that was just some aggressive snuggling, in my oh. opinion. And uh, I've definitely given my dog a big tackle into bed and big hug, so that's just fine. That's wonderful to hear. I, I was, I was a little like, I upset. Want... Okay, I, I knew one of you would be a little bit upset. Well, I looked at Kylie. I was like, "Oh man!" But she, Kylie, looked at me and was like, "Oh, what?" Like we were kind of both like, "That's kind of rough, Edward." I figured he, he was probably fine, but <clears throat> he's he's like. 40% fur, right? <laughs> probably. Yeah. That's probably accurate. I'm pretty sure Edward only weighs like 37 pounds. Uh, yeah. Uh, She's that's very, all very thin. sharp bone. That's, yeah. yeah, that's very, <laughs> oh, that's very sharp. <laughs> There'd be a lot of angles in there. Um, <laughs> I love that Spike reads this goodbye from Faye letter with just no emotion. He's like, okay, I <laughs> yeah. stuff. I ran away. All right, cool. So we're not going after her, right? And then he tells her that she took all the money. So I got to ask, Josh, I know you and Ricky D specifically last week were kind of sliding on Faye already. Is this just like the last nail in the coffin? Like you guys are done with Faye now? Let me just bring up my notes here. Um, bitch! Stealing all the money and sniffing antifreeze. <laughs> I don't think she sniffed it. I think she just... Got no, I know. I just made assumptions because I don't like her now, and I assume the worst because she's a <laughs> terrible person. If I don't like somebody, I make assumptions about them. <laughs> well, I appreciate the especially if it's a cartoon process, character, at least. Yeah. yeah, Ricky, what about you? How are you feeling about Faye? I didn't turn against her any harder this episode. I kind of felt like the stealing twenty thousand oolongs was uh, in character and not that big of a setback for them. Uh, and also, we got a little bit more look into Faye that made her look like a little bit more tragic of a character. So mm -hmm. I am appreciating that. I I still want her to be more cohesive and more familial with the rest of the crew on the Bebop. But uh, I am finding reasons to kind of accept and forgive some of those choices she's making. Yeah. I could see that. This was definitely her... We had talked about some of her defense mechanisms in her walls last week, right? So this is definitely her just sort of playing some of those out with actions. Um, I, I don't know. I, like I still just, even in my notes, like when, when she's sitting at the bar, uh, I said, you can't be sad, Faye. You're a dick. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like um I feel like, you know, at least once in our lifetime we've all met somebody who wants to hurt on the outside as bad as they do on the inside. And I just kind of wow. felt like she was um Jeez. I I not yeah. Um I just kind of feel like she's when she you know, when when um oh god, what was his name? The Grin. The long hair. Grin. Grin. Yeah, when he was like, you know, you better, you know, better watch out, be safe. And then she, you know, took her jacket off and she's like all walking away, like asking for it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, not, I, I'm not saying asking for I, it sexually, but asking for it like. She's trying she to start a fight. She wants, exactly. And she got into the alley and she got that fight that she wanted mm -hmm. until Gren came in. That That's just kind of how I see Faye is very tormented inside and, you know. Yeah, and that's that's some really good insight. And I think that the only point that I'm going to disagree with you there is that I don't think she was going to hurt on the outside. I think she was going to hurt other people on the outside to make them hurt on the outside as much as she hurts on the inside. 
because sure, but but that I think risk she had that handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either either she was going to beat the snot out of them, or she was going to hurt like you know, yeah. like she did on the inside. So, well, and and that's deep. Uh, we have spoken about that before, Rosie. How Faye is similar to Jane in that she's much more uh, looking out for herself. She's much more defensive for reasons that are not always clear. She's not necessarily willing to share that kind of a thing. Um, that's a that's a good thing. I wonder if Jane was like this when he first joined the Firefly cl- crew. Was he doing the same kind of stuff? Super cagey and like, I don't know, because the way that he joined was a little different. The way that he joined is he was hired. Faye was yeah. sort of like Scooped stumbled up. upon repeatedly. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, yeah she, I guess. She, she made her She way was in. kind of a stowaway, wasn't she? No, she they went after her. They, I mean, they caught her, you know. Uh, they caught yeah. her. They didn't know she was a bounty head when they caught her, but they did. That's true. They did catch her. Now, um, you did mention Josh. This planet where the bar is, I like to call Callisto the smooth jazz planet, <laughs> and yeah. I also really like that when they're looking up this moon in their uh, computers, it says Jupiter Eight, right? So, like in Star Trek, they'll be like, "We're going to, you know, Brielle Four, and it's like. <laughs> So if you were coming to our solar system and you wanted to go to Earth, you'd say we're going to Sol 3, right? So the eighth moon of Jupiter is Jupiter 8. It's just a nerd detail that I really enjoyed, and it's a small piece of world building, and I feel like it's only in character for me to bring up small pieces of world building. Now, we're on the smooth jazz planet. We've got the saxophone going really quickly. I'd like to say right here, just in case, our friend Carla from Bedwed Behead is listening you should watch this episode carla i think it'll really make you appreciate the saxophone if anybody gets this joke other than carla you're welcome if it's just carla you're still welcome anyways <laughs> do you think when gren comes up to va- to Faye and he says uh you know i don't actually even remember the first line that he gives her but she says i'm not as simple as i seem do you think by that she means Easy. Mm-hmm. Totally. 100%. Okay. Because she, from her perception, she's being hit on, right? So she's right. just... Right. Yeah. She's I'm like, not hey. as naive. I'm not as easy. I'm not as stupid as any other girl you might see at the bar kind of thing. Right. Despite wearing... I understand the situation. Eight and a half <laughs> inches of clothing for my six and a half foot tall body. <laughs> You know, true, true. But again, it shouldn't matter what she's wearing. No, but I will say... No, but that's the point that she's making, right? Uh, it, exactly, exactly. Um, but of course, she does happen to be in the only town where she is the only female that they have seen in years yeah. or whatever. So yeah. Well, that helps. And <laughs> Faye is the whole reason you nerds got into this show. Don't deny it. <laughs> Faye was hot. I, and back I, when you what, guys are you were, talking about me? No, I'm talking about Jesse and Rick. Oh, <laughs> Or not Ricky. Ricky has never seen a show before. But Jesse and other people that have watched Cowboy Bebop, most of them that I know, uh, Chip from MCM, I could almost guarantee that one of the main reasons was because of Faye. That woman is so sexualized in this show. She's quite sexualized. It's it's out of control. Jesse, he just lumped you in with Chip. He put you two in the same group. It's one of those things where like, I know how Josh formulates his opinions, so I know it's not worth trying to fight against it <laughs> nor is it necessarily Burn. nor is it this necessarily is worth to dignifying with a response but it's one of those things that like i'll be honest with you the first 
piece of Cowboy Bebop that I ever saw was that intro. I mean, it was like it was like an it was like a full frontal assault on my senses. The first time that intro started, I was like, I'm sorry, what is this? And amongst <laughs> the imagery in that intro is that silhouette of Faye where you're like, I is this animated? What is ha- what is happening right now? Like the first time I saw it, I don't even remember how old I was, but I must have been 15 or 16 or something. I mean, it was like I didn't Rapid watch age. it on its yeah, I didn't watch it on its original run on Cowboy Bebop cuz I would have been what he thought. 9. Like I would have been 9 when this came out. So it was just yeah. But yeah, to your point, I mean it was like it, just that combination of all the flashing images and music and everything. I was like, "Oh, I have to see what this is." Um but yeah, it doesn't hurt. I mean, it's an easy show to watch. It's it it's gorgeously animated and to that point specifically about Faye, excuse me, in this episode, she basically explains that she's fully aware of that, right? The scene where she's on the couch, she's like, I feel like I'm in a confessional. The camera is treating her body one way. And she's like, you know, me being such a prize and I feel this way and that. And yeah. So it's like, they're fully aware of what they're doing and it's made for uh, an audience that can handle it without freaking out. Right. <laughs> right. No, I just, I mean, like, I just imagine all the kids that were our age during Toonami, you know, Adult Swim, Toonami, and like, oh, yeah, I got to watch Cowboy Bebop. What's what's Faye not going to be wearing this week? <laughs> well, well, and he, it's... Josh had a Go good ahead. question, too, because there's, you know, some nudity going on. Um, and he was like, did they show that on Toonami? And I'm like, honestly, I can't remember. <coughs> I, I want to say probably not. It had to have been blurred out. Like, I would think, you know, because you did see the full frontal, but then the next scene is when, you know, it's just kind of like... The hair. Yeah, yeah, and the it, there's just like, like side boob kind of thing, you know what I mean? So I would yeah, imagine maybe probably, that was there, but... <laughs> it was probably either blurred <laughs> or they removed that couple of frames. Yeah, they just um, chopped it out. Yeah. I mean, it depends. I mean, it depends. They could have... They also may have shown it. I... I I don't remember because, like I said, I also didn't watch. But that's that it might be the like, kind of thing we could look up. Yeah, it was um, like 2003, so it was a different time. Right. Well, and it hits, I mean, it hits you, no pun intended, um, that Spike and Faye are both just totally caught off guard at the same time by two completely different sorts of things, right? Like somebody unexpectedly puts a gun in Spike's face and I guess you could argue that the same thing happens to Faye when she opens the shower curtain. Um, Quite the surprise, yes. Yeah. It, yeah. So, I mean, how did you guys feel like they treated that? Did you feel like it was cheap or, like, purely for shock value? Or did you feel like it was subtle enough to not be, like, super in your face? We'll start with Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Uh Oh, uh, sorry, that just surprised me. It was... It was interesting. I wasn't super into... Well, okay. Sorry, I'm going everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Faye, it almost seems like she's trying to make herself a sex object. And mm-hmm. a lot of the men, even when she's in this town that has nothing but men in it, she's kind of being ignored. Jet and Spike definitely ignore her sexuality because she's trying to use it against them. And she was also kind of turning herself into the sex object in front of Gren, and he was just kind of not 
taken it. He was he was still having a discussion with her. He was still uh, you know, being friendly and everything, but he wasn't being affected the way you would kind of expect him to be. So I, well, I kind he, of ignore I like everybody ignoring her sexuality. He had said that she was barking up the wrong tree. Kind yeah. Of thing. Right. Um yeah. whereas yeah, with Spike and Jet though, they're just not interested. Well, and here's a thought. He does uh Spike does speak with the sorry, Jet speaks with the bartender and he goes, Oh yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about because I haven't seen a woman in six months, and I haven't seen a woman that good looking in two years. So I remember exactly who you're talking about. But it sounds like everybody there may have took one look at her and went, that is bait. Mm-hmm. I'm just like Mad Max Fury sure. Road. Like You yeah, could yeah. look at her and go, she's trouble. She's trouble from a mile away. I'm not even going to mess with it. I mean. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I mean, all what the, else would she be doing? All there? the guys at the bar were staring at her. For sure, because uh, what's Gren like makes it, he brings it up. He's yeah. like, "You're the first woman they've seen here," and then he you look over to the side and they're all drooling. Well, and you gotta love the anime. Like they're they're all yeah. like super fucking gross. Like, <laughs> all the weird little noises the anime people make. Oh, hey baby, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I felt like I could smell that bar. Like it, <laughs> I've worked in that bar, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was it was a very well drawn setting, and I felt like almost like comfortably disoriented by Gren's apartment. Like the lighting there was like super cozy. I was like, man, I, I kind of want to take a nap now. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't feel safe. Like it, it was just a really effectively drawn space. I think, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I don't know. What did you guys think about the uh, the apartment? The whole breaking down of Faye's character in front of Gren, and then you know the last moment and everything. But like, what did you think specifically of her on the couch, sort of explaining or not really explaining, but just kind of confessing, right? I mean, I thought it was something that she should have maybe said to her crew, you know? Like, why are you telling this random dude this? You've been partnered up with people that, like, have kind of helped you out for the last however long. And are not sexualizing you. Yeah, and, and, like, you're going to just admit it to this tool. But, I mean, it it was a nice apartment. I kind of was jealous of the apartment. I'm not going to lie. Lots I, of lounging room. Yeah, yeah. Lounging room. The lighting. I mean, that was not natural lighting because that was a cold blue planet. But he, whatever he's got there is <laughs> capital. Warm. I'm digging it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, the next note that I have for, for part one is actually just my shot of the show. So I, I, I'll go ahead and save that. Um, but, the end of part one is where uh, Faye opens the shower curtain and finds out a couple of different secrets at the se- three different secrets at the same time about Gren. And then uh, Spike gets shot by, I cannot remember the character's name, but he's a weasel. Lynn. Um, Lynn. Lynn, thank you. Lynn. Um, so, he's not a weasel, by the <laughs> thank way. Thank you. <laughs> 
While you're Pretty sitting good. there silent, I do want to talk about the <laughs> best fight scene of this entire series so far that we just so casually grazed over um, in the alley before he even meets up with Lynn and Vicious Spike. I mean, mm-hmm. he uh, gets in that fight with the cronies yeah. And just beats the snot out of him because they think he's vicious, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's all pissed he, off. That's his like, only motivation. Think, yeah, you think I'm vicious? I will show you vicious. Look at this just puffy coat. I am not. Yeah, which was it was awesome. also pink, <laughs> beautiful, excellent. I love excellent it. choice. But yeah, beat the snot out of those dudes so much so that in, you know in the next episode the leader of that group decides to get a. <laughs> Get an honest a job. Regular job, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that fight scene though. In my notes, it's it's my favorite fight scene of the uh, series so far because it's mm. just, you know, that whole him jumping up in the air, that anime jump, yep. and then just yep. and I think going Super Saiyan on phase him. fight scene <laughs> with the same group mm-hmm. could have been real cool, but it was you know right. stopped. But that's what I was gonna ask. Uh, so was that we talked about like the tears of bad guys before where if our crew is is established as clearly above uh whatever group then we're totally fine we never have to worry about them so if if spike can beat all those people on his own do we think Faye is capable of the same thing or do we think that she would eventually got because she seemed kind of upset initially when gren showed up right she's like dude really like i think she would have kicked their butts Callie I think says, she might have had a little so bit of for the cronies. I think she might have had a little bit of a harder time because they didn't call her someone that she absolutely despises. I don't know. But she was she had her own inter- I internal guess that's true. turmoil. That's true. Going she was on. just kind of waiting for it and yeah. waiting to and, let the dragon out. And Josh, they had already been whooped by Spike at that point, true. right? Already. Had so they were whooped. like, so in their heads, they're like, that's okay, true. let's just pick somebody easy to mess with, and then. <laughs> And then they got saxophone out of nowhere. Pwned. I love saxophone. When they're running away, she goes, Mr. Saxophone? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Mr. Saxophone? All drunk. That's yeah, I was making fun of her, all slurring her words. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And it's funny because she was drinking this ridiculous drink that I don't even I don't even know what like what would possess somebody to drink that drink? What was it? It was the drink a, oh, at you know the apartment? what? No, at the bar. At the bar. It was like a oh, oh man. You know, it's, I think it's just water and vodka, isn't it? Uh, maybe. Uh, I'm pretty sure Sinisera has uh has it for us. So let's check it out. Um, here we go. Oh. <laughs> hey. Mm, let's see. It's so we got some, We got some vodka here. And oh, water. oh, hot water, hot water. <laughs> okay. and hot water. Oh my God! Really? And oh, he's struggling. Yeah, his, <laughs> he does not. Yeah, he, he does not look, seem please. to enjoy oh. that. Oh man, <laughs> Sinisera, you should uh, you should wash that down with something. Something a little probably tastier, a little, my friend. A little better, I would think. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I, I assume <laughs> it's probably pretty bad. Big thumbs down. Oh, okay. Oh, look. Here's oh, the second oh. cut. There we go. He's gonna here's make another glass. drink. Something different. Okay. Something okay. new. I'm seeing. Unfortunately, I can't play the music, so it just oh, is funny watching oh. him dance with no music. But I'm seeing an egg. <laughs> oh, he's making the um yep, the, the correction, the, a prairie yep. oyster. Okay. 
Three, Three two, one. Two, yeah, I was going to say, I can guess what's going on. I'm sorry we, we can't play the music, but when we're live like this, it's a little... Uh, yeah, I it's do be- feel Well, he's like using the, the bebop theme, as you should, yep. but I mean, we... Yep. Yeah, I do feel like Sinisera had said that you're supposed to um, separate the egg whites from the yolk. Mm. I think he I said think he that... could do it either way. Okay, I oh. think when he said the traditional oh, yolks was separating. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! Oh nice. wow! Here it comes! Here it comes! Turn around! That was smooth. oh, it's ended. Oh, but you that know what? Smooth. For those listening to the podcast, we'll definitely put that online for everyone we'll to cut see. It That's yet. right, Sinisera. We're gonna. We're going to cut that up and put our theme song behind it. Would you guys rather have the prairie oyster or the watered down vodka? Oh, yeah. Yeah, prairie oyster, definitely. Definitely the prairie oyster. Have you guys had raw egg before in your life? Uh, I think we did talk about this last. I don't know. I don't don't think think so. so. I'm not not 100% on that. I've had a sushi place, but not, not something I'd recommend. It's one of those things where I'm like... I, oh, that's what, that makes sense. Uh, Phil says you would put the, on the ice moon, you would drink vodka with hot water. That makes sense. Uh, very Russian. Okay. <laughs> on the ice moon, the vodka. Um, the ice moon. It's the mother moon. Yeah, I. so I feel like if the prairie oyster did me wrong, then I could just uh, throw up and be fine after that. Uh, whereas with the uh, vodka... Man, vodka is this whole other kind of pain that I am not. I'm not a, a masochist, so I I just don't like vodka personally. I wish I was brave enough to try that stuff on the show myself. But thank you, Sinisera, for sending in that video and showing us the the drink. I already asked this if any of you guys would do it too. So I think it's just me who would. And Josh, I believe, said no. It. So. Yeah. Um, does anyone have any other notes from the first part of Jupiter Jazz that they'd like to get out before Miss Kylie gives us the synopsis for part two? It looks like my friend Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D has a note he'd like to get out. Go for it, man. Yeah, we kind of glanced right over this when we said uh, Faye learned a couple of secrets about Gren. But uh, this show is from 1998, yeah. and they're taking on homosexuality and uh, transsexual Mm-hmm. topics and yep. that's unbelievable yeah. uh, they're well, doing I it mean, responsibly they're doing it uh without like causing the, any like i don't know uh they aren't making any it with bad class. jokes about it right yeah. oh totally yeah, yeah impressive very mm-hmm. yeah there's a uh, another impressive. sci-fi series from the 90s that uh was philosophically similarly impressive called Star Trek The Next Generation. If you're interested, you can check out a podcast called Green Shirt, a newbie's track through The Next Generation where they go through one episode at a time, Ricky D, and you could learn all about my friends from the Enterprise. Um, but it's a good point. Like, it, it, Especially for an animated program, to be, to be broaching these kinds of topics and to be handling them in a respectful adult way that is not like you were saying they're not going for the easy jokes they're not picking the low-hanging fruit they're not being obvious about it now some people might argue there's also that scene where he goes and asks a prostitute where to find some people and they go can't you tell this guy's straight like don't worry about it and that gay prostitute character might be a little bit uh stereotypically presented but even in that situation 
I feel like the character is treated with some respect. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they don't mm-hmm. make jokes about the character. The character actually asks Spike, "Hey, do you want to be my date?" And Spike does not freak out. He doesn't hit the character. He doesn't no. run away. He doesn't make a face. He goes, "I really flattered, but I have plans." So yeah. it's like I, that's very respectful way to handle that. So I that's a very very good point to bring up Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Callie says that she has a note. I love when they were looking for Faye and Ed is checking the computer and just randomly says various Japanese words. That is that was one of my favorite parts as well. She rhymed a couple of them, I think. Like uh, she rhymed konnichiwa to you with something. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, that was a very fun little piece. Um, Josh and Kylie, did you have any other notes from part one that you, you really want to cover before we go? Um, just a little one. Um, I just thought it was kind of neat. Um, Jet had mentioned that him and Spike had been uh, together for about three years, um, mm. and I just I just thought that was kind of a fun fun fact. Um, yeah, little piece so. of backstory. Uh, right, they, right, yeah. Because I guess I didn't. I wasn't really sure how long or you know what what's been going on, but three years kind of makes sense. So, and in that same scene, we actually get the second instance of Spike telling Jet. Hey man, that's your call. Like this is the second time that that Spike that Jet has tried to give an ultimatum to Spike, where he goes, "Look, if you go, don't come back." Or, "Hey, if you can't find them, then there's no spot here for you." And both times he has used the phrasing, "Your call." He he didn't say like, "Well, screw you, then I'm out," or like, "Well, then I hate yeah. you, man." Like, I hate you. Jet <laughs> Jet keeps trying to break up with Spike, and Spike just won't let him. He's like, you love me, baby. I'm going to be back. It's fine. <laughs> I'm going to get in the Corvette sure, and I'm going to leave and then I'm going to be back. And everything's going to be fine. Just relax. So <laughs> it, it, it's an interesting dynamic and it, it, it fits with them, um, like we talked about previously, them not being able to say thank you or I appreciate you or I consider you close, you know, close friend, almost family. Thank you for helping me be a a bounty hunter in this crazy galaxy full of bounty hunters. Um, Callie, TNG is short mm-hmm. for The Next Generation, as in Star Trek, The Next Generation. Uh, Rosie just started rewatching it and listening to the Green Shirt Podcast. Green Shirt Podcast, you are beyond lucky to have a listener like Rosie. There will be love poured upon you profusely, I promise. So, um, there's some, there's some. Raunchy jokes in that show. No, oh, I'm sure Rosie, Rosie can handle a, a raunchy Beware. joke or two. For <laughs> um, sure. But I mean, to that point, she's nothing but supportive. Everybody, everybody that that we have ever seen associated with our show—that means people in the live chat, people that listen, people that retweet, share, link, like, post on Instagram, all that stuff. Callie, Rona, Rosie, Susie, Philip, Ryan. There's so many people that we could say thank you to. Um, Sean, Chris, Leslie, Cameron. There's so many people. Rob, Marcy. I would, I would, <laughs> there's Aaron, Carla, Meg. Like, we could go on, you guys. We really could do it. But since we have a podcast to get through, let's just have Kylie give us the synopsis for part two of Jupiter Jazz so that we can kick this thing into medium gear. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. Um, Lynn is not as loyal to Vicious as he pretends. Jed is chasing Faye and Blue Crow. Faye is hunting Gren. 
Gren is gunning down for Vicious. Vicious is after Spike, and Spike just wants to find his lost love. Yes. And the first thing that I wrote down from the second part here is when Faye is confronting Gren, she's like, so you just help someone selfishly and then take them home and then do this? Her phrasing, that phrasing there was a little interesting to me. She's like, you help someone selfishly? Like, does she think he only helped her to make himself feel better? Is that what she's trying to get at? Kind of seems like it. That's what I thought when she said it. Which, I mean, people do that for sure. You know, the the self-serving, like, donators and stuff like that. The ones that are like, did you see what I did today? I gave that guy 10 bucks. Like... Hmm to toot their own horns there. I mean, there are plenty of people out there that do that. Oof. It's, it's terrible on Facebook. Gosh. Yeah. And people think they're not doing it, but they are. And yeah. it's just, it's just awful. <laughs> but yeah, I, I could see it being a situation like that where, you know, he wants to, she thinks that he wants to brag about it. Oh, and Phil says so that, so she's implying that she thinks mm. now Gren thinks she owes him something in return. Because, yeah, that's a good point, Phil. Uh, Callie asks, did anyone else just know the moment that they said double the bounty on that guy that there was no <laughs> way they were going to catch him? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so I have a fun hypothetical, if you guys don't mind, just a really very small detour. People in the chat, you can play this game along with us if you would like. We'll give you a couple seconds to answer before we actually all give our answer. Okay. So Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Josh at Twist My Arm Cast, Kylie at Miss My Arm Cast. There is a combined verse, okay? The crew of the Bebop and the crew of the Serenity receive the same bounty at the same time and are equidistant from the bounty head when they receive this information, okay? Which crew captures the bounty head first and still fails to turn in the bounty to get the money. (laughs) I'm going the Bebop crew because they have portals. They have the space portals. Okay. I think that could get them there a little bit sooner. Okay. That's all I'm formulating at the moment. Do we know how quickly Serenity can jump between long distances or fly between long distances that radion core has to have some some oomph in it right because when, uh, when they say let's uh, moon them that thing lights up and they move a lot faster than speed they speed of light do. is pretty much the cap well i yeah that's yeah oh you mean except not for the in bebop science crew. fiction ricky no ricky's saying for the bebop crew that's not the cap because they have the gates oh phil says on a world the serenity crew in space, Ooh. the Bebop crew. I like the way that you answered answer. both. That's so <laughs> sneaky of you, Phil. That's like something that I would do. Josh and Kylie, weigh in. Um, um, well, right now I'm looking up uh, the, uh, oh my goodness, how fast each ship is. <laughs> Callie <laughs> says, I'm saying it's a draw. Bebop might arrive first. Then Serenity would arrive and steal the bounty. And at the end, a third party would arrive and kill the bounty or take the bounty and hand it in for themselves. Uh, Hypothetical. Yeah, like the Alliance would show up and just make everything moot. Okay. Both crews show up at the same time. 
The bounty is in a room. The the there's one person from each crew assigned to go get that bounty and bring it back. The firefly the firefly crew assigns Jane, and the bebop crew assigns Faye. Who comes out of that room with the bounty head? I'm going Faye, Jane. because Jane Jaden wouldn't hurt a woman. It's it's Faye. Uh, yeah, definitely. It, definitely. Even if Jane would hurt a woman, uh, Faye, I think could easily. I mean, come on. She would just, she would do what she does in this episode. She would just take off her coat and Jane would be completely, I think, he would, I'll be in my bunk. And that's (laughs) that's why. So, yeah, if it came down to just pure brute strength, probably Jane. Yeah. Sometimes I have to add like additional. Yes, Rosie, to your point, both would lose the bounty. That's kind of why I set it up that way because I feel like both crews would be able to get there and find the person but neither of them is ever really able to turn the bounty in and get the money for it which i think is one of the wonderful connections between the two crews uh rona says Faye every time philip brings up that bebop crew has guns on their smaller ships serenity doesn't and that is a good point however on the ground river i mean that's all there is to that river would rock them if they let river off the ship yeah they rarely ever let her off the ship Mm -hmm. okay Last little detour. Also, here. Thank just you guys. to clarify, Serenity can make it from Earth to Sun in about 16 days, and there is zero information on the Swordfish Two about how how fast it actually is. But they very they emphasize the guns a lot. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I would say I mean, they would just both lose it. No, yeah, that's so yeah. that that hypothetical actually comes to us from our friend Cameron at the Green Shirt Podcast. So thank you, Cameron. That was. Uh, he yes. gave me the idea for that, and I just I could not help but ask you guys about it because I thought it would be really fun. So thank you guys for playing along. Um, <laughs> I this is there's a lot of references here to Julia, right? Even the bartender knows Julia. He actually corrects Jet when Jet calls her a girl. Um, he says that no, she's a woman. This, that, and the other thing. How are we, Ricky D? What is your concept of Julia right now? Uh, I had a really hard time catching on to a lot of this episode, and especially the Julia thing. Uh, basically, all I have for Julia is that she's somebody from Spike's past. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I'm not quite sure what the importance of her character is. Well, and that's not necessarily something that we've been shown to this point, the importance of her, other than that she is part of the past. She was in the flashbacks in the first time, the episode, the first time we met Vicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the the first person to tell him, hey, wake up, after he thought he was dead the first time, and then Faye did the same thing, and he thought it was her for a second. And then, so when she says it, it's like this beautiful, lyrical, ethereal voice, and then when Faye says it, fu- Spike goes, uh, your voice is really grating or something, or your voice is really yeah. shrill, yeah. right? Um, but Josh, are you, I mean, you gotta be hankering for some Julia, right? I mean, like, it's like they're putting this plot thread out there and they're just dragging you with it. And you're like, I gotta know. You're not wrong. You got the rose from the, you know. Well, yeah. So Julia obviously has something to do with the opening credits scene or the opening show scene where it's black and white and there's the shoot off or shootout that we are getting... Little by little, we're learning more and more about it, and we're gonna have a good old fashioned shoot off. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, sorry. I, and I've been playing Red Dead Redemption too. I was going to say, like, we, he may or may not have been playing yeah. Red Dead. Yeah, you know, I went back to the first one too because I like the second one and all, but man, the first one, there's just nothing like it. But anyway, um, I, 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 I'm excited to see more about that. I, I do want to see more backstory and see what drives Spike. Um, and I really think that that whole plot thread is coming together. I'm hoping that we actually get to like see it come to fruition. <laughs> but well, I mean, so I'll just refer you back to in the first episode of the Rebop, uh, we did explain to you the that Cowboy Bebop has one season, but not in the same way that Firefly had one season. Bebop was designed to be one season, right? It's a complete okay, story. Okay, that's right. That's so right. You, you get everything they want you to get is is what I'm saying. Okay, cool. Um, so I, I, and and I think that Firefly is a good introduction to this kind of show for that reason because it does leave you wanting more space western with style and music and just coolness. So I, yeah, I, I think that was the best way to get you to watch this show. So I'm really glad that you're not hating it. Um, we do have one of these quotes. This has got to be what Spike's third death that we've seen, I think, since the show started. Because it, it starts with a flashback where he died, and then we got him killed by Vicious the first time he met Vicious, and now he's dead here again, right? By Lynn, yeah. Yeah, and he, but he wakes up, and he's like, oh, they're making fun of me. They're shooting me with tranquilizer darts. Like, how embarrassing. I thought that was... Did we not notice that? Well, I thought that was more of a thing that Lynn wanted to make it seem like he killed him. But tranked him instead, so Vicious thought he was dead. Like I thought, Lynn I'm was kind of playing a double exactly agent there. Exactly what it is is, yeah, he he wasn't loyal to one or the other. He was loyal to both because he he used to be Spike's protege. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I think he was trying to get Vicious to think that he shot and killed him, but he had really just tranked him. Right. That was so that they, was my thought. On that's that what too. I yeah. And he was appointed by the syndicate, the crime syndicate, right? The Red Dragon dudes. So. Is it possible that those dudes were like, hey, when it goes down, make him think he's dead and, you know, like, is that... Perhaps. I mean, I yeah, mean, you don't really know a whole lot about... There's so many angles in this episode. Yeah. There, there's right, so many interests. The introduction of the space well, monks really and big question, throws a wrench into where's things. where's Julia? I mean... Mm-hmm. Who's and Julia? Why I also... Is Julia? Why, why is Gamora? <laughs> <laughs> this entire two-part episode, I felt like the Bebop crew was not the main characters. I said it earlier, it felt sure. like a Final Fantasy plotline where the, the Cowboy Bebop guys just happened to be there. And this one, there were so many other super important characters that I had a hard time figuring out where our guys really fit into everything because everybody else had... Sure their own plot line running uh going on and these guys are just trying to interfere with it that's yeah and it's it's almost like a um oh dang it i forgot the word for it but it's it's almost like uh oh like an anthology episode like it's like here's something that's happening in the cowboy bebop universe oh look there's the characters we know uh, but there, I mean, of course, you know, there's enough of a tie back there with Spike having a history with Vicious and this, that, and the other thing. But, but it is interesting. One. Yeah. yeah. And it is interesting, though, to basically give us this brand new character that also has this very long, complicated history with Vicious. Um, kind of make him the main character of this two parter. Um, but so here's a question, Ricky D. Have you noticed how all the characters have 
pretty distinct hairstyles. <laughs> yes, I have. Uh, they so all that's... just kind of register as bo- as anime hairstyles mm-hmm. to me, but yeah, they're definitely that's... distinctly different. So that's actually specifically supposed to help you remember which characters are which characters, okay. because a lot of anime artists and you know producers and all those folks have have that you there is an undeniable truth to the fact that a lot of anime faces end up looking similar to each other mm-hmm. especially if you have you know a couple or a team of people drawing all the characters on a show then those people's style is going to shine through all the mm-hmm. time right so part of the way that they part of the reason that everybody has purple hair or spiky green, green hair or hair, no hair but yeah. like beard up to here you know that kind <laughs> of Scar- thing Big scar on the face. Yeah, it's because they know you need something to latch on to to identify characters. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So for Vicious, right, it's the white hair. Now, to your credit, they gave Gren purple hair that's a similar length to Faze. I mean, it's a little bit longer, but it's like... No, it's way longer than Faze. I mean, Faze it is, but it's... has got little bob. Right. He's got it in a pony for, you know, part of a pony for part of it. So sure. it's like, it looks like it's about the same length. It's just, it's, but it's also purple, you know, but, um, I just, maybe, maybe that will help you going forward. Ricky D. If you're like, I have yeah. no idea who this character is. Just go, Oh, white hair. Yeah. That's doc from doc and Marty. I know who that is. So, um, do we have any, any real, I, this episode this happens almost every week. Excuse guys, me, where excuse the me. second Doc and Marty. Are you talking about Back to the Future? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Doc has white hair. It's easily recognizable. Yeah, I get it. I just that was a, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't mind him. Yeah, it, uh, I went with like the most easily recognizable reference ever, and and a minute and a half later, Josh was like, "Wait, wait, wait what?" <laughs> Well, first of all, my mic was turned down because I had to oh, run upstairs gotcha. and check on the cat. Okay. So That's I started fair. talking and was like, oh, shh, shh. That's fair. That's fair. I, The reason I used that because I was like, this one I won't have to explain, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Josh. I, I, Little I, did you know. I was looking at my notes and not at the screen, so I didn't know that you weren't present. That's mostly on me. My bad. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but during these flashbacks, we get this this partial quote from Spike where he says, my left eye sees the past. Hmm. And then he wakes up not dead. And the first eye that we see open is his right eye. Right? Mm-hmm. To see the future. Of course. So the implication there would obviously be that that sees the future. Um, but this happens every week where, and I think even more so for me this week with a two-part episode where they cram the resolution into the second half where I'm like taking a hundred notes for the first episode. And then the second episode is like, Oh, just visual ecstasy. And like, what is happening? There's so much fun stuff. There's a dog fight. There's spaceships, there's guns, there's double crossing. There's hidden bombs. I'm having a blast. I wrote down five things. Oh no. Um, so I wrote down five things. (laughs) D uh, and they're, they're mostly over now. So Ricky D Talk about whatever you'd like to from the second part of Jupiter Jazz. Because Absolutely. I, uh, there is one point in the episode, I think Faye says she is going to Titan, another moon of, uh, I think it's actually a moon on Saturn, no longer a moon of Jupiter. But uh, like this show is bringing back all of my freshman astronomy knowledge. Uh, does anybody know what is important about Titan, the moon on uh, Saturn? Uh, I believe it's, it's thought to have... 
I believe it's thought to have a geo, an active geothermal core and possibly an atmosphere. Uh, bodies of water is the oh, big yeah. thing. Uh, it is the only other, uh, the only other planet or uh, moon body. Body, yeah. Thank you. Uh, that ah, has okay. liquid yep. water on it, at least on the surface. There is another moon over on Jupiter called Europa, and it has it's ice all the way around the top, and then it has an active thermal core, and then so it's liquid water underneath all of that ice, which is an excellent recipe for life. There's yeah. actually there's a mission, I believe the mission's being designed, or it has been designed, I'm not hundred percent. But there's a guy who he basically invented um probes that are, you know, a camera, a robot camera that you can drop into like underwater caves, I think. Mm-hmm. That so they can mm-hmm. survive basically pitch black and like these huge the pressures pressure and stuff. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I believe they're going to fly one of those there and drop it through mm-hmm. the ice. I think that's the plan. That's awesome. That'd be cool. That's so cool. How yeah, so how flippingly cool is it? And it kind well, of to Ricky's point. We don't point, even know the stuff about our own oceans. Oh, like, yeah, can you 100%. even imagine? Oh yeah. goodness. And to Rick's like point, crazy sharks it gives us there. this Oof. fun, like, uh, uh, like advanced relatability. Not like we're advanced and so we can relate to it, but like there's this advanced level of this that we can relate to, right? Because now when we watch Cowboy Bebop, we can be like, I remember when they just thought, hey, what if Europa was terraformed? And now we're like sending stuff to Europa. Like, that's yeah. just cool. That, that, that's just cool. an additional... <laughs> fun layer that we get to experience for watching this a, in twenty twenty. There's a really uh I don't know I don't know if I'd call it bad. I would say it's a six out of ten movie with Sam Worthington. Uh oh. where they they get sent to it's uh called Titan. Oh Titan. Yeah. No, it's Titan. Um I can't remember what the name of it is. It's but always Titan. It's a Netflix movie and it's like you know, there there's a a comet heading to Earth and they have to get go to Titan because it's the only place with water. And everyone turns into mutants. <laughs> It sounds awful, bad. Josh. I mean, I'm, so it doesn't sound like a six to me. I'm going to be honest. I mean, it's a six because some of the acting and the actors are pretty cool, and the and the special effects are pretty good. Um, I would even go so much to say is like some of the lines that are given in that movie are pretty good. But by the end of it, it's it's kind of like, oh, damn it. <laughs> so this will be my last digression before I let you guys keep talking about Cowboy Bebop, Josh. <laughs> Have you seen the trailer for, or do you plan to watch the movie that is coming out starring Nicolas Cage? No. Called no. Pig. Probably. <laughs> Ricky, this is why we're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> we're both guy, like, no. <laughs> it's a guy who has a pig that he uses to search for truffles, and then somebody steals the pig from him, and it looks like Nicolas Cage essentially becomes the John Wick of pigs. I'm not 100%. Pretty Why sure did I just watched this episode that? on King of the Hill. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait. <laughs> think, about, think about the premise of the movie, Ricky D. Who else are you going to get to do that? <laughs> like, This just came out today. It's got a 97% oh, it? on Rotten Tomatoes and an 8 out of 10 on IMDb. No. 85% go, on D. Metacritic. Oh my well, God. It, but it so came out today. Let's give it some more time to get a few more critics in there. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, if it's Nicolas Cage, it's absolutely bunk. Oh. Absolutely. I'm taking us out of the stream for that. That's good. Josh just, that's Josh garbage. just canceled you know, Kylie. He was like, what's you know actually what? funny is the only celebrity, I, like big celebrity like that that I've ever met is actually Nicolas Cage in Aspen. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I still don't like him, man. (laughs) Did I appreciate you just like actually potentially precluding us from ever talking with him on this podcast, Kylie? Jerk. Wow. Well, Nicolas Cage, maybe you you got to come on here and, you know, convince Kylie. Yeah, come on here and defend yourself to Kylie and Ricky. That's, yeah. Dude, no. Nicolas Cage doesn't do what Nicolas Cage does to impress Ricky and Kylie. Nicholas Cage do it probably does what Nicholas Cage so. does because he's unhinged. Because he's a national treasure. <laughs> anywho, anywho. Back to being guys are jerks. Wow. All right. Let's do a tangent count. We'll go back and watch through and go, here's how many times they didn't talk about Cowboy Bebop. So the Because you'll cut them all out and it'll be a half hour shorter. The last thing that I <laughs> Not even. It'll be like an hour. Go to our Patreon to find all the extra content. (laughs) (laughs) He's kidding. We don't have a Patreon. Go to our shop and buy our T-shirt. So um, the last thing that I wrote down for the second part of this, actually, you know what? You could buy stickers, too. There's Twist My Arm. There's Best Flicks with Ricky (laughs) D. There's Marvel Cannon Madness. There's a lot of stuff on our shop. Um, The last thing I wrote down for part two was... Faye seems to make a point when Ed is painting her toenails. She says, oh, Ed, anything Don't but blue. Why, why? Is that because she's sick of the cold blue planet? Like, Or is it because she's feeling blue? Or does she just not like blue? Is it because blue clashes with yellow and her clothes are always yellow? Is that- I think it's because she fell in love with Gnome and he has blue hair. It's because and- of the blue crow. Wait, what's his Gnome? name? Grin? Grin, my bad. Grin. Um. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that yeah, blue and, and they fell met in love with the Smurf, blue crow. And yeah, then, so yeah. not blue. Yeah, yeah. it makes. See, her think look, of Phil. Grin. Phil knows. Hey, Phil agrees if, with me for once if, ever. If Phil <laughs> says, then I believe it. It's all it takes. Can I say um, something about Phil? Yes. Go ahead. Um, so the other day <laughs> I was listening to Spotify, and uh, Muddy Waters came on. Okay. And I, right away, I thought about Phil because we were talking about Fatty Rivers and we had both made that connection. <laughs> oh, so every okay. time I hear Muddy Waters, I'm going to think of Phil Phil Krogmeyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Claim to fame, get you back bro. on the show, Phil. I spend most of my time thinking about Phil right before I go to bed. The bl- oh, wow. Yeah, that was your removal Rosie from the show, today. <laughs> <laughs> Rosie does also point out she was in the blue apartment. I don't know how I forgot that the apartment building was blue, but you're right. It was. Um, we don't We don't get, speaking of blue, we don't get the real folk blues over the credits this week. It It's just, it goes up into the sky from that last shot of the guy explaining the warrior's tear as a shooting star. And it just keeps playing the music that it's already playing, which is kind of that strange chant happening right where mm, spike is I going loved back it. I, I really loved that that was yeah it something about it was hauntingly warm warm like it just made me feel like i was at home and i don't even live on a spaceship with cowboys so so i want to i want to like put a little bit of insight on that final song there um do it most songs uh when when you conclude a series or show and you're trying to do it on a somber note you use the same key that they were using. Like a lot of times if you're listening or watching a movie, you'll notice that the key that oh. they use is the same is it, in most is it of a minor them. Key? Uh yes, yes. I, I believe I, I believe so. I don't remember the exact one, but I know that it's like they use that kind of progression and stuff a lot. Um and it was 
perfectly done because it was uh, what I, I described it as the uh, the conclusive tribal music, mm. um, and it was very much so used in the '90s a lot. Like you'd get to the final act of a show uh, or or a movie, and you would get that that same kind of thing, um, same kind of note progression and stuff. Mm-hmm. Where this is the end of the movie. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to sound terrible, but like Power Rangers, the Power Rangers movie. That's a very perfect example. Um, the end, right. the end song that they used was very, very similar as far as notes and like the way that it kind of sounds. Yeah. But it, it's more of a '90s thing, I feel like. <laughs> Let's uh, say hello to our friend Sinisera, whose video we deeply enjoyed. He says, "Sliding into Safe. home plate." In the yes. chat, thank you for joining us, Sinisera. We're glad that you could make it. Um, to Kylie, my fellow anime veteran. This music reminded me a lot of some of the music from the original Ghost in the Shell. Some of that um, traditional Eastern music blended over the Western beat, right? Where they put like, here's, here's, you know, a time signature you're used to, but here's lyrics that you do not understand and the cadence of don't make sense to your brain. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Definitely that melding of East and West sort of thing that I felt I felt like it's I've seen it in other anime I guess is the only point that I'm trying to make um sure. and it I'm I'm really glad that you put some gave us some a look at that Josh because it all I got from it was like I feel like I said I feel haunted and I feel like for some reason comfortable even though these kids seem like maybe it seems like it could be being sung by ghost children and but it still is somehow comforting to me so that was weird right. But I liked it. <laughs> um, the other, the other song. Um, I know I'm stealing this from Kylie. No, don't you, do you it. let me Kylie do talk it. about you. You talk about this one because this was another really cool um, song from the episode. It was the one played before it. Yeah, yeah. So we noticed the song, and we were we were getting some real strong Tom York Radiohead vibes, right? So we we're like, oh, let's check it out, you know. And that's a. Uh, the song is called Words That We Couldn't Say, and it's by Steve, Steve Conte? Conte. Steve Conte. Conte. Um, but basically, he's a pretty big guy. He played with Billy Squire, New York Dolls. Um, Crown Jewels, Company of Wolves. And then, of course, he's no, like this song was actually um, on one of his albums called Blue. Funny enough. <laughs> um <laughs> But it was it was also written for for Cowboy Bebop or whatever. Um but I thought it was fun because, you know, we were like, oh, total, total Radiohead vibes. But no, he he played with Billy. Billy Squire is my, like, favorite. So that's why I was excited. We should see. Lonely What's is the night. He, yeah. He's actually worked on a lot of songs for Cowboy Bebop. I think this might have been one of the first ones. Though. Lonely, lonely, lonely. Oh, oh, and he's got other songs for anime like Ghost in the Shell and Yep, and what? and Sonic and the Secret Rings, but Ghost in the Shell. Yep, totally. God, the Secret Wing Rings was such a terrible that, game. Ugh. <laughs> uh, I don't know if funny is the right word. I'd say amazingly cool. Amazingly um, cool. Yeah. Um, funny but in like I do a hell yes lonely. kind of way. <laughs> just, just because lonely, lonely. I'm. <laughs> Spirit sinking down. <laughs> yeah. Um, anywho, just because I'm talking already, I'm just going to say my last point here. Um, but I just, I thought it was interesting that War on Titan, um, was very similar to World War One because it was very trenchy. 
mm-hmm. um, and the trench warfare was a big uh, tactic that they, you know, the inch by inch. God, it, it, well, you you see like the scary flashback, um, mm-hmm. you know, war scenes or whatever. It's always in a trench, man. I can't even imagine. Yeah. And just so. s- sending lines of in- infantry into a wall of tanks because that well, is apparently that- still a tactic. Yeah. And that's kind of what they had going on um, even in Serenity, isn't it? Like they were, even in the first episode when Homie, he's yeah. like, everything's all right. Like we're going we're gonna to make it and he gets killed. Like they're in a trench. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's, it's a classic <laughs> way to show one side is badly losing, right? Like mm-hmm. they don't have any yeah. artillery. They have no armor. They've, they're just dudes in the, yeah. in the, the field. Um, okay, I lied. One more interjection and question. Is there any circumstance where the three of you would consider doing like a, a karaoke video for YouTube for the show? Because we 100%. do a lot of singing on this show. Okay. Yeah, no question. That was I would totally do it. Yes, 100%. Okay. That was really easy. We'll have to figure out a reason to do that, and then, then we'll do that. Yes. Um, <laughs> I would the reason too, should be I'm, we're I'm all drinking with the cat. <laughs> Ricky, I don't drink and podcast. You know that about me. Um, Where's my whiskey? So, yeah. <laughs> Jesse's uh, better than us guys. Let's take up. <laughs> you said it, not me. Uh, let's take <laughs> suggestions uh, from the live chat. If anybody has any songs they'd like us to sing, let's just start putting them in there. I'm not going to say that we're going to definitely choose from the live chat, but just start throwing them in there. So, Josh and Ricky, I'll crush you in karaoke. Josh and Ricky. Do either of you guys have anything else you'd like to talk about from episode two? I mean, we haven't talked about money, the specifics, right? Like we could talk about the badass uh, dogfight that we get here in this scene between three I different was, ships. I just wanted to mention the railgun. I thought the railgun yeah. was badass. Oh no, it, yes. it was a hyper beam. It was like freaking Pokemon status. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. it was a hyper okay. beam. Right? I definitely saw it as more of like a highly Articuno. directed magnetic energy weapon but yeah I, I know what you're talking about um dr horrible callie says any song from dr horrible <laughs> brand new day for example spike says it's tank fat snaps though we already so tank is the song gonna die but i am curious laugh yeah i'm a phony guy i'm done i'm done i'm sorry <laughs> no, but I, I'm just looking at. So, Tank is obviously the Cowboy Bebop song, but Daddy Daddy Fat Snaps is not the Seatbelts. So, I'm curious. As it must to be what a cover be. of of some of some. Okay, ilk. Josh got it. So, I want to hear it. Okay. Oh man, this could be difficult. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it by myself. I, I it's don't fine. think I could do that. I'll really do it. Difficult. I'll do it. We could try right. it though. I'm gonna do it. All of us try it. We'll make a music <laughs> video out of it. <laughs> please, Ricky, please. I would promote the hell out of that video, Kelly says in the chat. You guys, we have to talk about Cowboy Bebop. Josh, go ahead. What were you saying? <laughs> Just the railgun. I liked the railgun. I thought that was super cool. Yep. Um and the the dog fight was, you know, last episode we got the best fight scene, and I think this was one of the best dog fight scenes yeah. um in the entire series. So uh, other than that, I didn't have very many other notes. Um, 
I, I did like the random shaman at the beginning and end of this two-parter mm-hmm. saying the exact same thing Yep. Um, to just nice remind you that you were wrong about who you thought the falling star was. So I thought that was kind of cool. I asked at the start, yeah. I have a question yeah. about uh, Cowboy Bebop in general. Is this a cut above in regards to their art style? Because I've been watching, especially the fight scene that Josh loved so much. Like those were that was just some amazing art, and it was very quick cuts, and it looked like a comic book or anime or manga panels. And it's just when I think of anime, I tend to think of uh, like the Avatar art style or something that's a little bit more child friendly. And I've been like really paying attention to this, and it seems better. Yeah. So. I mean, as with, it's a, it's a very good question, and I'm glad that you asked. So as with anything, um, production values are always going to factor into how a thing looks, right? Um, Avatar specifically, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, Kylie is trying to decide whether or not she's going to kill Ricky D for sliding Avatar, even though he didn't slide it. He I'm just trying to it. shut up and not talk over you, Jesse. Continue. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's, it's okay. I can sing um, under him. Avatar, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, was created 100% in America by Americans and is not, is not like it's an anime, right? But it's not from Japan and it's, it's, it was drawn to appeal to American audiences. It was created to appeal to American audiences. So it looks a little more Western, I believe is the case. If I'm wrong, Kylie, feel free to correct that. Um, but to your point, Ricky D, like you've said, you've seen episodes of Pokemon and Digimon and stuff. Uh, yeah, right? and they so, all look similar to the Avatar look that's kind of floating yeah. around in my head. The frame rate is a little bit lower, it feels like. They leave some frames out um, because kids are going to have... Dude, have you ever gone back and watched the old episodes of the Ninja Turtles cartoon? Because that animation is not as fluid as you remember it being. Like, I've I've gone back as an adult and watched it and gone, wow, this is way choppier than I remember it being. And that's It's hard surprising. to watch. Yeah. Um, so to your point, yes, this is a cut above a lot of, so in Japan, anime is, I don't know if I can really explain how big it is, but it is like, it's a, it's a chief export, right? Like we're talking about it. We all live in America. It's a thing that the country sells. So there's a lot of money behind it as an industry, as a whole. And once you make something and it's established as good, you get, I mean, you go from there, right? So, like, Watanabe, of course, went on to make other shows, as we talked about on other episodes. And it's like, it's just like, um, you know, a director here. You know, let's say you make Buffy or Firefly, and everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you're really great. Why don't you make a bunch of other stuff sort of a thing? Um, so, but to answer your question in a short way, yes, this looks better than a lot of stuff out there. It doesn't look better than everything out there ever. And... I would say that style is definitely something you need to take into account when you're watching anime. And for this show in particular, everything is so dripping with style and like heavily just meant to be angular and good looking. Right. So I feel like it fits perfectly with that. Um, Kylie, do you feel like that was fair? Do you feel like I treated Avatar poorly? Do you feel like Ricky D got a good explanation she's, she's taking a breath over here this is breathing hard. Um, holy cow okay. this is like before she hits me so, <laughs> josh i can't believe you spilled our secret um 
So no, Sunrise Animation, um, who does uh, Cowboy Bebop, is actually very, very old, um, very original, uh, original anime. When it comes to Avatar, um, Last Airbender, it is actually it is an an or American animated series. Obviously, you know, kind of built off of the anime or whatever, um, the Japanese animation. But anywho, I'm just saying, you guys would love that show. It's very intelligent. It's freaking awesome. Um, but it, I, I also do think that it is a lot more well done um, animation-wise than Cowboy Bebop, 100%. Well, considering, I mean, I like to think, like, this episode is, this two-part, two-parter is probably the best thing that this series has to offer so far. Um, and so I like to think that they put all of the work in something that they know is really good. You know what I mean? Like, sure. like this episode, they're like, we know this episode is going to be good. So let's make mm-hmm. sure that, and it's like uh, Philip was saying, sometimes they reserve their budget for the big scenes. I feel like this is one of those shows that they absolutely were like, okay, we got to cut off a little bit here on episode two because, you know, episode 12, we're going to have this amazing dogfight scene with a sick rail gun. And we need to make sure that we can convey that correctly. Um, yeah, but after like you were saying, they're an old studio, too. So they know what they're doing and they know exactly where they're going to put things. So I think they did a good job making this episode yeah, amazing. Bad, so. Yeah. And to Sinisera's point, but it did look better than everything ever. Um there's a lot of shows that I really love the look of Sinisera, specifically in the anime segment. Um, I love how Evangelion looks. I love how Death Note looks. I would say they're probably in a similar echelon as this show as far as their quality. Evangelion um, is, is is also Sunrise, um, but it, yeah. yeah, it's it's very very old uh, traditional Japanese anime for sure. Yeah, and it's, uh, I this show along with that show, you could take. I mean, and we do it. We literally do it. You could take almost any frame from a given episode and just blow it up and put it on your wall. I mean, that's why we do the shots of the show because it's it's just, it's great. Rosie, I apologize. I haven't watched Dollhouse or Buffy or Angel, but it's not because I'm Lame. mad. It's just I have very <laughs> limited time every week. And a lot of it goes into making this show because this is a blast. So you know what? When we take another season break, maybe I'll get one of those shows in. So... Uh, do you guys feel like there's anything else that you want to cover from part two before we move into our segments for the week? Ricky D, go ahead. Very simple, but I thought all of their winter gear was really adorable. Yeah. Jet in his mm. silly little Russian hat, Spike mm. wearing his giant puffy coat. I'm like, still in love with, yeah, his uh, Spike's jacket was out of this world. It was very the reverse of they're usually looking super cool and <laughs> cut yeah. and angular, and they're just puffy and goofy yeah i love that yeah i I like the look like i have money (laughs) i like the end with uh gnome i keep calling that call him gnome um but uh gren yeah (laughs) gnome i don't know i don't know why okay i don't like with a g yes yes (laughs) okay yes but his whole ending um was was really touching i guess the that was can you put cool. me in my ship yeah um because if, if i can't make it at least i'm on my way and spike is just so sweet he's like heck yes i'll do that i'll lift you up yeah so for me that part immediately reminded me of the message from firefly 
right? Where they've got this fallen comrade and he's just trying to get home supposedly, or now he's got this thing that he wants everybody at home to know about him. But for me, this was like the more respectable version of that character because we ended up finding out that character is kind of a whiner and kind of a make everyone do everything for him all the time kind of a guy. Um, Whereas Gren is like, now you know what? The last place that I felt like I knew who I was was in the war on Titan. So just send me there. And you're right, Kylie. Spike was very respectful and just a total bro to help him out doing that he like he never asked questions like he's like you need this i'm gonna put i'm gonna put you above myself right now and i'm gonna make this happen for you like Mm -hmm. and the look that he gives right before he peels off because like he lets go of the tether and he still doesn't leave right away he lets go of the tether and he looks back watches him almost nods and then just you know peels off okay yep i did what you did yeah Yeah. he he was released from his duties you know Mm -hmm. yeah i dug it i dug it big time Josh or Ricky, do you guys have anything else from this episode? Okay. I think I'm good. So then I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you one more time, who is the lost soul? I believe it's Faye. Okay. I was thinking Gren. Ricky. Uh, it's it's the most literal interpretation of this kind of interesting fable. I also Probably. vote Gren. <laughs> I do. Oh, Nathan Fillion is in Buffy season seven, and Gina is in Angel, and Alan is in Dollhouse. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to you guys' point, <laughs> Rosie always for the win. Oh no! I, yeah, sorry. She's, yeah, she's Kelly like the too. queen of trivia. Um, but to you guys' True. point, I feel like that quote is meant to be able to be applied to to a, a lot of the characters. It's yeah. open to interpretation for it, sure. It's partially Spike. It's partially Gren. It's partially Vicious. It's partially Faye kind of the only person that knows what they want right now is Ed. And I mean, you could argue, you could argue Jet, right? Cause Jet's like, well, we still have to go get her because she took all of the money and this, that, and the other mm-hmm. thing. And also I'm yeah. kind of you guys' dad and I love you. Well, Ed just wants souvenirs. So yeah. Where's my souvenir? Well, Ed, all <laughs> Ed what I wanted was, you know, a, a place to belong, a family yeah. of sorts. And she right. found it and she's like, Oh, Where'd you guys go? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So cute. I, it, it's, and, you know, it's not a trick question. It's it's the thematic question. Like, you're supposed to keep that in your head as you watch through. Like, here's all these lost souls just doing what they can. Um, yes, Rona, ask my... Oh, gotcha. We're talking about all kinds of uh, shows in the chat, and I can't keep up. I apologize. Yeah, I'm chatting with the Whedon fans. It's okay. <laughs> so... Um, having done that, we did this little thing, uh, last week where instead of jumping right into the segments, we talked a little bit about our ratings so that we could, you know, sort of not, it's not like we don't know that we all had a good time, but we like to talk about the ratings before we get into our selections, just so that we can kind of get them out of the way. So, um, let's have you go first this week, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Now, what do you guys think? Should we rate them individually or should we rate these episodes as a as a one, like give both episodes one total rating? Because it's kind of one episode split. I was going to give it close. just one total. But. Okay. Yeah. Either way is fine with me. So All Ricky right. D, if you have two, give us two. And then Josh, I'll just throw if you've out got one. The one answer, because they're, they're both pretty much right there. Uh, I went with a seven on this one, which is my lowest rating so far. Uh, and I don't think it's the fault of cowboy bebop 
I uh, it just I was swimming in these episodes. There were new characters, there were new plot lines, there were all these different things going on, and I was just barely holding on. So I would say in the future, as I do a couple more rewatches, this score could definitely go up, but as it is, it's a seven just because I was struggling with my interpretations. Well, and I I respect your point from earlier too, where it was like it didn't really feel like a story necessarily about our characters. Mm-hmm. It was a story that our characters were in. Um <clears throat> but I could see I could see seven. Um I to your other point, I had to watch this twice. Um because the first time that I watched, I think it was Wednesday night, the first time I watched it, I couldn't take notes because I did not remember almost any of the setup. So when I saw the the, the first like five minutes, I was like, okay, I'm going to put my phone down. I kind of just going to watch through this because I don't remember. So I did have to watch through it twice to your point. And I think that's the other thing about this show that makes it feel grown up to me, right? Is the pacing is that it's like, they're not holding your hand. If you don't get it, Oh, well, because it's still going like the episode is powering through even in a two parter like this. The pacing is really, really quick. We get a lot of exposition and a lot of flashbacks and the episode still goes at a pretty quick clip. So seven out of ten, like you said, it's your lowest rating, but it's definitely not bad. Let's have Josh go first as our other anime resistant first timer. I wanted to point out Sinisera says that Lynn is the lost soul, which is very yes. interesting. I think that that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's funny because just, just to, to, on that note, he, uh, Gwen, Glenn, Gren, Gren, <laughs> Gren is in a ship that oh, he's not piloting your name, Kylie. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, but he's, so he's in the ship, he's left in the ship and he like, is circling the atmosphere so the shaman seeing that teardrop the falling star could literally be the falling ship that's falling into the atmosphere now mm-hmm. so it i mean all right, all right. i see you I, I don't know I, I feel like that that's that yeah could have been that but i feel like he sort of like flung him in the direction of titan and then took off like i think he was gonna just drift i don't know that he was meant to crash back into the planet but that's just maybe they saw that gravity yeah maybe yeah no i gravity does exist go ahead (laughs) um but my rating is a 9.5 this was my favorite beat and you know i I love the the serialization of things and getting Mm -hmm. more info on the backstory and getting to know more about the characters and kind of what motivates them and drives them and you know, getting to see the the monks, the space monks, and seeing the the, the sinister people behind the scenes, um, showing that even vicious has a boss. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see the conclusion of all these different characters and where they're actually going to take it. So, yeah. But again, that's and that's always how I am. I I love the the story arcs of things. So, nine point five for me. An interesting character point for Vicious, he doesn't feel like he betrayed the the guy that he killed in the first time we saw him, right? The guy that's like forming this truce and then Vicious kills him. They're like, you betrayed your mentor. And he's like, what? no, I didn't. So that's our indicator that Vicious is the kind of problem that, say, the operative is, where he believes in what he's doing. And it seems like what he's doing is only looking out for himself at this point. So I think that makes Vicious extra dangerous. 
Um, uh, Kylie, what is your rating? You can either give two ratings, one per half, or you can give us a full overall rating, whichever you prefer. Hmm. Let me think about that here. She's like a one and a three. Mixed together, I'm giving it a four. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, goodness gracious. Okay, I'm just going to go with session session 12 for now. I want to give a nine um, because Gren is one of my favorite characters. Um, and then um, also because of how like progressive the episode was. It was definitely pretty neat. Um Lots of uh, first time seeing stuff, like especially for you know myself as a child on the show. So, oh, that right. man has boobs. Well, I you know, <laughs> it, and I just I remember watching it for the first time. It didn't like bother me or throw me off my off guard. I just remember being like, "Huh, never seen that on TV before." I wonder if girls I mean? watch that and go, "Man, I wonder <laughs> if my boobs will be that nice." Because he did have some nice boobs. He lie. did have some decent, you know, drawn boobs for nice. sure. <laughs> nice cartoon rack. Gnome. <laughs> Gnome. <laughs> Anywho. Jesse hates me. Josh, no, it's he didn't he didn't remember Simon's name by like three quarters of the way through Firefly, so I'm just I'm not surprised. <laughs> He's at least consistent with Fake Ryan. Like, yeah, it's, he's at least yeah, consistent fake, who, in his who was fake Ryan refusal again? to learn people's names. Oh, oh Simon was oh, fake yeah. Ryan. Yep, correct. <laughs> Dude, that's and I think it's name. once it gets in my head, it is just stuck there. Yeah, yeah. So it's a first. I I'm not mad at you. I just think it's funny. That's um, <laughs> so did you want to? Did you want to give the whole thing a nine collectively, Kylie, or did you want to give a second rating for the second half of the episode? Let's do. Oh, um, okay. Because we're doing it all at once. You're right. Well, Ricky I'm D sorry, and Josh both track. gave. Ricky D and Josh both gave one overarching <laughs> rating, which you don't um, have to do. It's just the pressure. Yeah. No. Let's say nine. Let's say nine for both of them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just. Just because. I mean, the second one did tie in really nicely, and it, you know, it, it kind of just wrapped everything up. So, nine. All right, so that puts us at an 8.375 out of 10 when you factor in my rating for this episode, which is an 8 out of 10 overall for the two pieces. I think I love a lot of the same parts of it that Josh does. Um, It's not quite, like, I don't have, I don't fiend for serialization the way that Josh does, but I do really appreciate a very good self-contained two-part story um, that feeling that Ricky was talking about where it's like, maybe this is just in the universe of Cowboy Bebop and our characters are, you know, they're kind of obliquely. I'm okay with that. And it really makes the universe feel bigger than what we've seen up to this point. It's a little more lived in, gives you some backstory, like you guys were saying to the other points of, you know, here's what this kind of environment looks like. Here's what the buildings look like there. And, you know, all the clothing is for cold weather and stuff. It's a whole planet made of smooth jazz and coldness. Um, so that gives us, like I said, an 8.3 out of 10 for episodes, uh, what is that? 12 and 13, Jupiter Jazz Part 1 and 2. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's jump into our first segment, you guys. The first segment this week is going to be Spiegel Spiel. Spiegel Spiel, of course, is where we share our favorite quotes from this week's episodes, even if they were not uttered by Mr. Spike Spiegel. Let's have 
Kylie go first this time. Do you have okay. picks for favorite quotes? And you can share both if you pick two, like one per part. And go ahead and share both. I actually, I only have one. Um, and it's when um, Faye is drunk at the bar. And goodness, <laughs> I really should have wrote down what Gren had said to her. Um, but it's something about her being a fairy. Or, you know, yeah. it's only fairies are safe here or something like that. Um, if, if you sneeze and nobody says take care, you turn into a fairy. Okay, there you go. There you go, Jesse, for the win. All right. And then she says, there's no problem. I'm already a fairy. Don't you know that? Um, and I thought that was interesting because it it, it just, wordplay is like my, my thing. Um, but Faye is a Middle English, kind of like Irish Gaelic kind of thing. Um, you know, fa- fairy is, you mm-hmm. know, how they used to spell fa- fairy, F-A-E. Um, the, f- the Faye folk. The fae folk, yes, and 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 fairies in 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 the Irish lore um, don't necessarily—they're not necessarily the little wing, little kind of cute Tinkerbell kind of creatures that you might think of. But fairies can be scary and mm-hmm. and cray. So um, that's why I've always kind of you know just been um, interested in that kind of folklore kind of thing. Um, so that was just a quote that stood out to me. I dig it. My friend Josh, the head of the Twist My Arm podcast network and the host of the Twist My Arm podcast, what are your selections this week, my friend? Um, okay, so I have two, and the first one was, we talked about it a little bit, um, the most badass thing that Spike has ever said, you think I'm vicious? I'll show you vicious. <laughs> or he says, you don't know what vicious is. Yeah, um, yeah. And then uh, my second one was actually from the title card. In mm. the middle of episode two, yep. where it says the work, which becomes a new genre itself, will be called Cowboy Bebop. Yep. I was like, how freaking awesome was and that? That they did this epic foreshadowing. Slash pretentious. <laughs> yeah. So, Super well, pretentious. But like the. But they're right. Yeah. It's, if I'm not mistaken, it's from. Okay. So if you go watch the intro, all the text that's flying around behind them, mm-hmm. it tells that story. You know, there was mm. this club where all these jazz musicians would meet and then, you know, flash forward, you know, however many hundred years. And then these people went to space and they were trying to find criminals. And it was like jazzy. And these guys were cowboys because they're chasing after criminals. Fun little note. If you ever get, if you get here early enough, you can see the background behind us. I think this is the first version, Josh. So I don't know if it has it there. But the second version that I sent you of this and I don't know if you have it has that whole story from the intro text, except it's been modified to talk about the Twist My Arm Network and how we all met up to make podcasts together and how it's creating a new genre of independent podcast. Unfamiliar Um, to us. Yeah, so it's uh, there's a lot of layers cool. to our show that not everybody knows about just because they're impossibly small, and I only put them there because I'm a perfectionist. But I'll get <laughs> Josh that file, and he'll put it up as the background behind us next week, and we can pull our videos off and show you what I'm talking about. It's the same text from the intro to Cowboy Bebop, all the text that's flying around in the silhouettes. So that's just a cool. cool little note, and I'm glad that you noticed that, Josh. It is, I mean, yeah, that's where the title of the show comes from, is that they're basically trying to invent a new genre visually and musically, and I think you could pretty easily argue that they succeeded and they knew it before they put the first episode out, so that's probably why they put that and that's in. Kinda why, yeah. That's kind of why I say it was a little pretentious, because it was like, well, we know we're mm-hmm. going to do this. I would say... And- I would say it's conceited like more than it like, is pretentious, but no, I would the, say it's the people who created conceit. this. They're they're like they're sages. They yeah. uh, they just knew 
They just knew. They just knew. I would say it's justified conceit. And it (laughs) opens the whole world. You know, you got your your Firefly, but then you got all sorts of different shows after Cowboy Bebop and the whole... There's a lot and, of stuff. Know, remember the whole thing? I never understood the space cowboy blah de blah. Now I understand <laughs> just, it, and I think it's yep. great. There you go. So. so, thank you for your selections, Joss. Those are both very good picks. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. What are your picks, my friend? First thing, I wanted to address Sinisera in the chat. He's talking about the uh, little clip that comes at the end of the episode. And uh, he said that Jet had a funny uh, funny moment in it. And I think what he's talking about is they were talking about some big looming, uh, you know, something they have to deal with and just something that was scary. And then you hear Ed go, maybe it's me. And then a couple yeah. seconds yeah. later, Jet cu- cuts in and goes, maybe it's me. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's <laughs> yeah. what Sinister is talking about as Jet's funny line at the end of the episode. He couldn't. He couldn't help himself um uh, but also for mine uh for the first episode i don't know any women like i would know one <laughs> i have no luck with them rather be yeah, with an armadillo that was... and that was the bartender saying that yeah. oh i was gonna ask what your favorite quote from the show was but i'm glad you clarified that, that was <laughs> yeah. from the show. so thank you i appreciate that um yeah and he <laughs> specifically like why you go with the armadillo and actually that was not the bartender that was the guy who works in the junkyard oh okay and spike is sitting on top of that car and as soon as he says julia spike is gone he looks back up and spike is gone um but i did love that moment that was a a very good moment and it it again the firefly connection it made me think of heart of gold i was like so is there a heart of gold somewhere on this moon that is just constantly doing crazy business at all times <laughs> because it seems like the same town and you know maybe not um did you have a pick for this uh for us just individual nah, picks for the part or just that okay cool um i did the same thing uh i only picked one quote for the for the whole piece um and that it's it's actually right at the end of the second episode and it's a it's a couplet so Jet says, what are you bringing on? And Spike says, nothing. And Jet says, hurry up and get inside. We're taking off. So <laughs> he starts it out like, okay, did you bring me something? Because if you brought me something, I'm going to let you back in. And he's like, nope. And Jet's like, all right, well, uh, that's as close to calling my bluff, I guess, as you could get. Come on in. Like, you know, <laughs> that's funny because I took it the other way, like, Oh my God! Who'd you bring? What'd you bring now? <laughs> like, what kind of problem? <clears throat> and he's like, "Oh no, nothing. I didn't bring it." And he's like, "Okay, cool. You can come in now." So it fits that's both how ways. I got it. Yeah. I I <laughs> I pulled it both ways, right? So like, he's a he's asking, "Do you have a bounty? Did we make some money?" And B, he's asking, "Is are you done with the baggage now? Like, c- yeah. can we just do our did job? Bring, like, do you have? Did you to, bring can, another Faye? Or, yeah, every time yeah. you hear that name, did you bring another issue from your past on board with you? Yeah, that's a very good point, Kylie. Um, but it also, I mean, it's just that that family bond that they refuse to acknowledge where he's like, mm-hmm. you know, even on the surface level, if it's like, hey, I'm going to not let you on without a bounty. And then he's like, I don't have a bounty. Then he's like, okay, you know, Maybe. I'm not going to not let you on. You know, I might give you a little a a little noogie when you get here, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So to your point, 
Callie Jet specifically told Spike, if you get the bounty, I will let you back on the ship. So it was it it was definitely a double meaning at least there. So I'm glad that we got both sides of that taken care of. Now, I believe that means it's time to move to Shot of the Show. Shot of the Show, of course, is where we share our favorite visual moments from this week's episodes. Since we had Kylie go first last time, let's have Ricky D go first this time. Ricky D, same thing. If you have two shots, go ahead and share them both. Otherwise, if you only have one shot, go ahead and share it now, and our friend Josh will produce the magic. Yeah, here was my first one. (laughs) I was watching through... And when Jet took this pose, it just screamed Captain Falcon at me. Show me uh, your moves. Exactly. Show me Falcon. your boobs. <laughs> He's Show even me your got boobs. the logo on the back of his shirt that looks Dude, exactly totally. like Captain Falcon. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yes, yes. yeah, that was great. And yeah. the look on his face there is a little misleading because that's actually him telling him, like, hey, if you don't come back with the bounty, don't come back. There's no room for you. I'm breaking up with you. Yeah, right. So it's like, it's almost like Spike saw this micro expression on his face and went, he's not serious. Because yeah. then he just goes, yeah, your call. I'll, I'll, I'll be back when I'm back, you know. So, but yes, a very good, very good pick. That's pick. such a good shot. I'm I, happy yeah. with that one. It's beautiful. Uh, Josh, let's have you go next. Do you have one shot, two shot, red shot? I actually shot? have uh, two shots. Um, I got this shot right here. This oh, comes... sorry. Really quickly, what was the time code on Ricky D's shot? In case our listeners are following along at home, uh, I'm sorry. You know what? Ricky's was at eight that. minutes. Okay. He was at eight minutes and ten seconds. Um, and my shot is at four minutes and forty-two seconds. And these were both in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just uh, over the planet they're on, the Red Dragon ship. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, you know, you know me and the ships. I love this ship. Yeah. I love the style, <laughs> Fun. and I love the uh, well, hovering red. over the the planet and showing that. I think it's super cool. Red's also your favorite color. So red you're is a sucker. Also, my favorite color. I mean, you're not wrong. Sucker um, red. And then I had another one, and it's funny because it's not even. Uh, <laughs> It's not even really from the episode, but in some way it spoke to me because this episode was all about comrades and the closing tag. Yep. The closing tag was, do you have a comrade? And I do have a comrade and all of you guys here at the sudden but inevitable show. So I, I thought that was, uh, I was like, oh, you know what? Cowboy Bebop, I do have comrades, and and they're some of the best people I know. So I wanted to bring that up because uh, this particular shot made me think of all of you guys and how much fun we're having doing this. Very cool. I appreciate that. And to your point, normally that would say "See you, Space Cowboy." So it was mm-hmm. it was a different thing, and it mm-hmm. was a a nice change. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kylie. Do you mm-hmm. have a pick for shot of the show this week? I do. Um, so this one. Nice. Um, you know, on, <laughs> honestly, what it came down to is like, you know, I have seen this show. It had been quite a while. But even seeing this scene, I was like, what? Boobs! And like, I was like, and then, you know, I remembered. I was like, okay, okay. I do remember how, like, big this was and, like, you know, controversial kind of thing. But I was so thrown off guard. I was just like, oh, my gosh. Um, 
so no, this was definitely really cool. And then Faye's reaction to the whole thing, um, where she's like, she's such a, like a badass, right? And she like, she could kick your total butt. But the second she sees that you got boobs, dude, <laughs> like she's well, not, she's back. She's, she's a little afraid, you know? Actually, she's, I think she was just taken aback. Actually, she was like, no, well, not afraid. Yeah, no, no, not no. afraid, but just. No, surprised. no, no. She, the boobs didn't bother her because she said, oh, you're a woman. And then she glanced down and went, whoa, wait, which one are you? That's right. what bothered her. <laughs> what well, bothered she, her was the glance down. And just seeing her so flustered was, yeah. um, I don't know, just kind of a fun fun shot, really. So. Something she yeah. wasn't expecting. Yeah, yeah. Like, now, seriously, she's probably seen yeah. both. And to Kylie's times, point, though, but she separately. does not put her gun down. She maintains her aim. And she keeps holding it at level. She so blushes it, a little bit. Yeah, but she blushes, yeah. but she she maintains her composure enough to be, yeah. yeah. That's a very good pick, and I like it for a lot of that reasons. That was at minute marker 22 minutes and one second. Did you have a second one, Miss Kylie, or was that the only one? I did not. That was my only one. Okay. I, being the kind of guy that I am, have two. The first one that I'm going to share is from the first part of the episode. Sorry, part one. And it is at 8 minutes and 58 seconds. This is a shot when Spike is leaving the Bebop. The camera is affixed to the underside of his ship. And you, the sh- you so the, the ship and the top part of the frame here remains stationary while the landing gear retracts and he's pulling away from the Bebop. It, it feels like if you've ever watched like a video from a fighter as it takes off from a uh, aircraft carrier, this is like a camera angle that I feel was almost pulled directly from that and then they just drew some sci-fi stuff over top of it so it feels super realistic and very visceral um it, it feels like it's it's a shot that they shot in space you know despite being animated and i i love this shot uh it takes place at eight minutes and 58 seconds in part one my second shot takes place in the second episode part two at 19 minutes and 25 seconds and it's, I mean, it's kind of a basic shot. Like, it's its not a cool atmospheric shot. It's not, you know, a space shot. It's not a fight. There's nothing going on here. Other than you can kind of very subtly see the difference in the color of Spike's eyes here. One of them yeah. is dark brown. One of them is light brown. And of course I don't see much of a difference. Well, if, so it's, it's, yeah. it's funny you've never noticed in, in my eyes they go from like a red or like a brown to like a reddish brown and I feel like that's what his eyes are kind of like. So here's the thing is Josh is really good at seeing the little stuff like that and I just completely miss it. <laughs> um, I didn't notice. Yeah, Whether, well, you know, in you in real life or Spike over here. Wow, we've been together <laughs> yeah, for so almost six years. So, so yeah. just take it personal. She doesn't even <laughs> notice it in cartoons so why would she notice it in you? Well, um, no, no, and I, I just say, you know, I feel like it kind of embarrassed about that. Shouldn't I know something? No, like, shouldn't it, I notice something like that? It's real subtle uh, in this photo, and I assume in real life, in Josh's eyes, it's very yes, subtle. Very so. I didn't know that, Kylie, and I've known him twenty plus years. So I, I see nothing. It's usually in the sunlight. 
It's the See, sun. and I almost am never in the sunlight with Josh. It's uh, we well, do podcasts it, it, at night. It's not. Yeah. Is it the difference between blonde and strawberry blonde kind of thing? Like I wouldn't notice something like that. Right. Yes. So definitely with the shading in Spike's eyes, it's definitely that case where it's like okay. this is shade number one one five one five, and this is shade number one one five one six. Right. Six. Like it, then yeah, I guess I yeah. can see it now that you say it's something. It's real subtle, but yeah, never in a million years what i have ever noticed and this is how uh grin figures out who spike is he goes oh you're spike she said you had eyes that were different colors and that if i kept staring into your eyes i would get a weird feeling Mm -hmm. so it's like and then they give you this staring into spike's face and you're like kind of a weird feeling (laughs) like uh I'm in love it's, with you, kind of. Feeling. And it's not even well. It's like there's mystery there. There's pain. I mean, look at this, yeah. you guys. This is a this is a 2D drawing of somebody's face, mm-hmm. right? And there's so much emotion here. Like you get that reflection of the moisture in his eyes, the different colors, like it, the lines on his face. I just I feel like it's. It, Callie says it's difficult to tell with vampires because not very many opportunities to see the sun fall into their eyes. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> She's implying that Josh is a vampire. Yeah, are we talking about Josh or Um, Spike? (laughs) Either way, very cool. Um, Did not know that about Josh either, so they're learning something new every day. So those are my two. Sparkle in the sun. Those are ooh. Those are my two picks for shot of the show. We do have something really cool this week, you guys. Um, Our friend Sinisera in the chat sent us his picks for shot of the show ahead of time. Like I indicated that you could do last week. We do need them ahead of time again because doing it live can be difficult. There's a lot of knobs and levers that Josh has to twist, pull, and turn to make everything work. So thankfully, we have Sinisera... <laughs> twist it. Um, we have Sinisera's picks. It. And Josh, if you wouldn't mind sharing the time codes for those because I don't have them. Yes, no, you got it. So this one is from 21 minutes and 29 seconds in the first episode. Yep. Um, this was one of... Uh, it was going to be one of my picks as well. I really liked this shot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very anime. Quite sure. Sephirothy, for sure. Very traditional. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then let's Vicious see. Vicious about to pull the sword for those of you who are listening and not watching. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. No, no, should have been good. a little more descriptive <laughs> there. That's also true. Yes. Um, and you know, this next one I didn't even really notice um I, I was probably taking notes or something but i did like this one. um yeah this one comes from minute marker it's 15 minutes and 50 seconds mm. 56 seconds into the second episode and uh yeah there's the tracers of the ships when they're having the dog fight and you can see the tracers above the city it's pretty cool super cool infinity yeah. symbol mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um i would like traces... to say go ahead sorry uh, if People do want to send in their time Maybe codes it's for. Boobs. Oh, that's funny. For your shots of the show, if you can send it in to me, you know, at least a half hour before we go live, I can actually form that into a little tiny video that we can play at the end of the shows. If I get too many shots, I can put them all in one little video, mm. play it at the end, so everyone can get a little bit of a screen time. So that would just be very just a heads cool. up. If, if you guys want to send them to me, send send them to me. I will make it work. And you can do that at Twist My Arm Podcast. Wait, is it at Twist My Arm Podcast at gmail.com? Is you, right? Yes, Twist My Arm Podcast at gmail.com um, or just Twitter at Twist My Arm Cast. Or if you send us a message on Facebook, um, search Twist My Arm Podcast. You can do it that way too. 
Perfect. Follow me on Twitter at SuddenButt, but don't send me your selections because I don't produce the show and I won't be able to do anything with them. Uh, if you send me the, the time code, I can send that to Josh. Forward I won't be able to, yeah. to get, yeah, I can do that. So um, I think, and and actually just really quickly about that last shot, if you watch the trails behind the ships, they actually keep going even after that infinity symbol where it shows mm-hmm. Spike peel back around, corkscrew up to chase Vicious into the sky. It's just, yeah, it's... The the, cool. the dogfight choreography was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So that is actually the end of our weekly segments, and it brings us to our very own Big Shouts for the Bounty Hunters segment. Now, the Big Shouts for the Bounty Hunters, of course, is where we extol the virtues and say thank you, and we love you and appreciate you to the people that have been helping us on social media, listening to us, uh, leaving reviews, putting us in their Instagram posts, retweeting our contest for the 1K Sudden Butt Blu-ray giveaway, all kinds of stuff. So, as I normally do, I'd like to open the floor. Let's have Ricky D. If you have any shout-outs this week, Big Shouts for the Bounty Hunters, let's have you go first, my friend. I do not. I have been real off my Twitter game for the past couple of weeks. I need to get back into that. So I apologize. I do not have any big shouts today. You're totally good. I'm not upset at all. Josh, help me out. You got some big shouts. You know, my big shouts were pretty much everyone that left us a review on... um, Mm on the uh what was it pod chaser i think right i do want to say um, one of the ones that he did not read was one of rosie's well it was rosie's yes mm-hmm. rosie was on there and always a big shout out to her um totally. i think shout out everyone was on there yes yes yeah, cameron, cameron was there mm-hmm. um we will but, get to reading all of them we just didn't want to do it all at the same time <laughs> totally right. not 12 <laughs> and i i do want to give a huge shout out to everyone that has reached out about PodCon 21 um Aaron has committed. Aaron from It's a Fandom Thing Pod is going to join me in the segment about interviewing and how to be a better interviewer. And also, Sean from Cheap Seat Reviews has confirmed with me that he will be working with me and Chris um, from Measuring the Score on some edit best editing practices and stuff like that for our TMA PodCon 2021 coming at you August 14th. Um, get at us at our website, twistmyarmpodcast.com, and you can sign up there, in which case I will send you a welcome letter, welcome email, and we basically just go from there. So again, to be a part of Twist or of TMA PodCon 21, go to our website, sign up, we'll get it going. And I want to point out, Rosie said, thank you to the SBI crew for all the birthday wishes from last week. You're very welcome, Rosie. I'm sorry that we missed it the first time around, but I'm glad we were able to make up for it because it kind of means the world to us. So glad you you heard it, too. Well, gosh, what a good month for birthdays, too. We had had some good, uh, you know, important ones. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) all of the most important ones, arguably. Correct. <laughs> we have one coming up here in July at the end. I I, I hear so. I I think oh. we do. I'm not worried about it. But uh, <laughs> we we had oh. Kylie's birthday recently. We've had uh, Rosie's birthday. Rosie. We had Sarah's birthday. We had Callie D's Callie birthday uh, mm-hmm. during our first season. I think you can go find the happy birthday video on our Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast on our IGTV tab. <laughs> so now, of course. I have to give a couple of big shouts for the bounty hunters this week. 
The first one that I'm going to give out is to a longtime friend of the show. She hasn't been on the show yet. She's going to be on the show. You've heard us talk about her before. This is Pixie at Next on Stage One on Twitter all week. Pixie is running Twitter Spaces, which if you're on Twitter, they're like this. Um, they're like an, a live audio room. It's kind of like if you were to watch our podcast live, but there was no video and you could just hear us and talk to us. And it's it's this full audio interaction thing on Twitter. But she's running these spaces for other indie podcasters to talk about monetize, monetization and how do you retain your listeners and what's a good way to post show notes. You know, just lots of stuff to help the community. And I think Josh specifically will agree with me. On Twitter, there's kind of nobody more active with helping new and independent podcasters that I've run into than Pixie from Next on Stage One. So definitely follow her yes. at Next on Stage One. She's also the co-host of the podcast uh, Pop Culture Perspective. So definitely check that out as well. They just started back up. I want to say a big shout to our friends Megan Carla from the Bedwed Behead podcast. They are just back from a, a break. They took a bit of a break between seasons to, you know, breathe as we know here is totally necessary so i want to say definitely go check out their latest episodes they've covered knives out and there was one other one that they just did that i really was interested in but check out carla and meg bedwed behead they're at bedwed behead pod on twitter and then uh i believe other than that Oh, definitely have to mention at MP Weirdo Podcast on Twitter. That's the Manic Pixie Weirdo Podcast. Relationships, let's talk about them. Uh, Manic Pixie Weirdo is one of the uh, accounts, much like Pixie, uh, Pixie from Next on Stage 1. Um, not the same person, but interesting connection. Uh, very helpful uh, retweeting, liking, getting other indie pods shows out there. Uh, lots of support from this wonderful member of the community. So definitely go follow at MP Weirdo Podcast on Twitter. Um, I'm just going to have to say definitely check out the guys at Digital Dissection. They are at Digital Dissect One on Twitter. Um, they've added a Ricky D and I went there to talk about their Firefly Week. They just finished covering Zelda. Josh, they talked about all of the Zelda timelines and how they fit together and that kind of yeah. stuff. New Zelda game how came fun. out today. Well, yeah. what Skyward Sword? Yeah. 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 Least favorite Zelda game ever. True, but another story. Yeah. They also just added a new co-host to their show as well. So go cool. check out Digital Dissection and let them know that you love their format and their new co-host. <laughs> you guys, I I think I that's it. I didn't get to I didn't get to go. Oh, Kylie. <laughs> so in my defense, you've literally never had a shout out before, so it's kind of not my fault. Please, <laughs> Kylie at Miss My Armcast, go right ahead with your big shout for the bounty um, hunters. So I don't have a specific shout um, that okay, I, I, I got to say, but okay, yes, Jesse, you don't need to feel bad by <laughs> any means. Um, but anywho, so Firefly, um, not something I was, you know, very familiar with, um, had a lot of friends that really dived into, but Cowboy Bebop is one. Good night, so Rosie. I've been telling a lot of my friends on social media and in person to listen to my show, our show, cool. but you know, the one that I'm on, yeah. of course. Um, so I'm really hoping that somebody who is hearing this might tell me that they're listening, and I'd love to give you a shout-out if that is the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but other than that, no, this is, you know, always a lot of fun, and uh, I just, you know, just want to share it with all my friends and all that good stuff. So 
I appreciate that, Kylie. And if Thanks, you Justin. are not on Twitter and you don't want to get a hold of Kylie there at Piss My Armcast, and you don't want to get a hold of me there at Sudden Butt, then again, email Josh at twistmyarmpodcast at gmail.com. Say, hey, this is blank. I am Kylie's biggest fan. I love Kylie is the reason that I watch your show, which would not surprise me even in the slightest. She's talking right to you and we need it. Rosie is taking off. Good night, Rosie. I just want to say thank you again for being here with us. We appreciate you as always. You are one of our most consistent supporters. Just like Callie and Rona in the chat, they are here every Friday night slash morning where they are with us. So thank Mm -hmm. you very, very much. I want to say uh, thank you as well to Phil in the chat. Thank you to Ryan in the chat. Thank you to anybody who has ever joined the chat. Just you folks are amazing. Uh, I know it is almost 7 a.m. in Munich, Kelly. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap this all up. Does anybody have anything they feel like they have to say before we get out of here for the week? No, sir. Okay, then here's the order I'd like to sign off in. If it's okay with you, my wonderful crew, let's go. Ricky, Kylie, Josh. So, for the sudden but inevitable rebop, I have been Jesse. This is Ricky D. Best flicks with Ricky D. This is Kylie. And this is Josh. See you, space cow folk. Thank you for listening to the sudden but inevitable rebop. Follow us on Twitter at SuddenBud. Follow us on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. Or go to twistmyarmpodcast.com slash SBI to get everything all in one place. The Sudden But Inevitable Rebop is a Twist My Arm podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them.